Hello, and welcome to Headcanon. I'm Benjamin Light. And I'm Marco Sparks. And I'm Morgan Glennon. Thank you for joining us, Morgan. You do the Legends of Tomorrow podcast, Supergirl Radio, and you write for Buddy TV. Is that right? Yep. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us. I think we we wanted to get some other perspectives on this series. It's not exactly in our wheelhouse, so we're really glad to have you on because uh, we're talking about Twilight, the Twilight Saga. New Moon is the official title of this movie. And, it's a saga. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I say subtitle of this podcast: Misery Loves Company. <laughs> That's why you're here. <laughs> so glad I got to watch this again. Uh, yeah, of all the you. ones you could watch, I, I I have to think this is the worst. I don't know, maybe. We haven't seen the yeah. others, so maybe we don't know. I have to say, no, it is not. Oh, I'm wow. so sorry. Oh, wow. <laughs> it gets worse. I'm like... You know how it's like they have the, like, the, it gets better? Not mm-hmm. in this case. No. Not in this case. Wow. What if, rather than like uh, like the cut scene at, at the end of a Marvel movie, there's just a PSA where Robert Pattinson addresses the camera after the credits, and he's like, if you hated this movie, it gets worse. <laughs> It's just like Robert Pattinson, like, you know, in those sci-fi movies where they find, like, the videotape where they're like, save yourselves. Like, that's Robert Pattinson. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Anyway, this movie was directed by Chris Weitz, who's probably most well-known for ruining the Golden Compass movie. And uh, written, again, by Melissa Rosenberg with Stephanie Meyer writing the novel. November 20th, 2009. It was released a year later so quickly that... They fired, or I don't know, It's they got rid of Catherine Hardwick for Chris White's, and it's debatable exactly why that was. I mean, it sounds like they gave her like a really short turnaround time, and she just said no. But maybe they did that because they wanted to fire her. Yeah, it's interesting. I uh, So I couldn't find this anywhere to stream, by the way. So like I've suffered for this art already. <laughs> Because I, I ended up buying it on Amazon. But the cool thing is that they have, like, fun facts, like mm. fun tidbits. Uh, not many of them were fun for this movie, surprisingly enough. But uh, they did say that, like, she uh, – like, I guess one version was that she turned it down because she was just like, it's too – there's no way I can, mm-hmm. you know, make a movie in this amount of time. Which, I mean, debatable whether or not she was right. Yeah. I mean, I think that's how they fire you in Hollywood. They just give you an impossible uh, ultimatum that you have to say no to, and then everybody parts amicably. I think that may be how it works, but yeah. So is that like pop-up video for for Amazon there? It just like pops up little facts on the screen while you're watching? Yeah, so I was going to wait and spring this fact on you guys a little bit Mm -hmm. later, Hmm. but it's too good. I have to start it now. Apparently, according to these like pop-up video facts, Lucy Hale tried out for the role of Jane. Yeah, we were talking about that. That would have been awesome. Yeah. I just keep imagining her like talking to like the like invisible pig Tunia on her shoulder. Yes. Jane. Well, if there's anyone who can cause someone to suffer just by staring at them, it's definitely Lucy Hale. Well, it's funny because just the eye narrows. I made some comment about all the child actors in this movie, and Benji's like, you know who else like auditioned for Jane? And I'm like, no. And he's like, well, I'll tell you during the podcast. And I'm like, okay. And then a second later, he's just like, Lucy Hale. <laughs> you just can't hold on to that one. No. It's too good. It's like the only interesting thing about this movie. I could see it. I could totally see her. I could see her doing a future Aria thing as Jane, the pain and delivering vampire, whatever. I, it's funny. I had to go to the local library to check out a copy of this movie, and 
I ended up checking out. I, I went to the shelf and there was a three disc version. And I was like, seriously? What is on no. the other discs? I don't even know. It's like oh a lot God. of there's like a documentary about the soundtrack, which I sadly haven't gotten to watch yet. But <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> All right. That's well, uh, yeah, let's let's do this opening statements. Anyone want to go first? I could go. All right, you go. <laughs> so, I mean, I think that if your movie makes Twilight look like Twilight had, like, a lot of plot, hmm. that's, like, not a good thing. <laughs> like, I was watching this movie thinking, you know, in hindsight, Twilight had a pretty tight story, huh? Because there's just, like, no real plot to this movie. Like, there was no real plot to Twilight, but at least it was trying something weird. Mm-hmm. Like, that movie was, like, so bad that it was it almost came back around to good again like it was trying something it didn't get there but it was trying this movie is trying nothing like this movie is just it's just like one it's basically just like one girl being really bummed out that her boyfriend broke up with her uh italian vampires the end (laughs) yeah yeah all right marco um so it's funny you mentioned that. I was going to quote Roger Ebert's review where he basically says, you know a sequel is bad when someone advised you to see the first movie twice instead. <laughs> um, this is a movie that actually starts with Bella dreaming she's aged up like her grandma after falling asleep reading Romeo and Juliet, which is altogether heavy-handed. Um, it, does make, it makes no sense at all on its own. And I think I had actually seen this movie before I saw Twilight years ago. And I felt that same confusion even now that I've seen the first one. But it's just a movie of transitional scenes and love triangles, grief, loss, supernatural land deals are disputed. There's wigs. There's voiceovers from letters being written or voicemails being left. I just – I really didn't like this movie. There's a lot of like left on the floor metaphors for like the other. Um, It lacks like all the idiosyncratic absurdity of the original. Um, and it just makes you – it revisits that question of like what does the Hulk do with all his torn up clothes? Because I kept thinking like do the werewolves just have like a shit ton of jean shorts that they're constantly – whatever. Well, oh. well they, they never they never seem to phase out of their pants, just their shirts, you know, because I, I just kept you don't thinking, put on 26 pounds of muscle for nothing. <laughs> I just kept thinking what if this movie had just like a ton of swinging dong in it? Yeah, like because of all that. I don't know if that'd make it better, but especially be... when he jumps over her, and Bella's <laughs> like, "What? Oh!" <laughs> all right. Well, my opening statement. I don't really have many nice things to say about this movie at all. Um, whatever odd curiosities existed in the first movie, they're not here. It really, it's like <laughs> sub Dawson's Creek level directing and acting. Like it just feels like a sloppy cash grab because it was. Um, I mean, ostensibly, this is a movie about a girl basically becoming self-destructive after her relationship ends. But the script and direction do such a poor job executing on that that it just feels like, once again, it's like, well, clearly that was in the book, which is why it's in the movie, even though it doesn't flow at all. Uh, I know one of our listeners last week thought we were too hard on, on the movie Twilight because all the stuff that we were making fun of was directly from the book, which... Maybe true. I guess my response would be like, it's the job of the filmmakers to like do some adaptation there. Like you can't just like be like, well, it was in the book. So I guess we have to do it this way. Um, Cause this is a, one more time, just a bunch of disconnected scenes with no underlying structure. 
there's like a final scene that seems like it's supposed to be really momentous. But to me, it was just like, wah, whatever. Like, I don't know, that, that final scene, we'll talk to about it when we get there. But yeah, it's a bad, bad material, bad director, all around bad movie. Anyway, nice version. That's a nice version. So let's talk about our favorite moments. They're gonna put that on the the front of the movie (laughs) tagline. Yeah. Uh, So favorite moments. Any honorable mentions before the top three? Oh boy. I had trouble with these crickets. I feel like a couple of my top three are like not things that I thought were actually good, but things that just kind of cracked me up. (laughs) That works. What's your number three? My number three mm-hmm. uh, was was Bella seeing like Ghost Edward while she's on the bike with like the bikers, <laughs> and Anna Kendrick just being like totally over being in this movie. Like Anna Kendrick just being like, "Oh, so I still have to be in these." Yeah, poor Anna Kendrick, man. I kept wondering, did she hallucinate Edward because she was tired of looking at the biker guy's bald spot right in front of her? <laughs> like that dude was forty. Yeah. I know. <laughs> Yeah, well, <laughs> I, like when she gets down there and I'm like, oh, like so these are just like a bunch of old bikers. He was like 40 right. and not scary. It was just like no, some not at dude. All. <laughs> well, he's, she's talking to Edward and she gets on the bike and he's like, what would you say, babe? Oh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> what was his end game scenario? Like, like she's just going to be so turned on by riding on his fucking bike with him. Uh, yeah, I was wondering where that was going too. It's like it's like those jokes about like you know the guys that are like catcalling and like if what would happen if you actually stopped? <laughs> yeah. Like they would have nothing nothing yeah. to say. He's well, like, like, oh, I guess I gotta drive around the city. <laughs> well, after that, he's just gonna what? Tell her what a bitch his ex wife is. <laughs> she won't <laughs> let him see the kids. <laughs> I was kind of like, I know this was like before Uber, but there's like a version of this where he just mm-hmm. takes her home and then she like just gives him like a, a three star rating. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's your number three, Marco? Uh, my number three is the awkward date with, date with Mike and Bella and Jacob. I mean, uh, face punch. Face punch. <laughs> is basically death blow from Seinfeld. Face punch uh, sounds like a way better movie in this movie. Like I, I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> Even what was the romantic comedy that they were going to go see? Love like spelled backwards is love. <laughs> I would rather see that <laughs> than New Moon. That's I feel like that's just their version of Rochelle. Rochelle, but like I like that you just hear guns being fired on the screen, and that's when we get the image of Mike like about to throw up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my my number three is uh, in that same general area. It's. Before the date has kind of officially started, where like for some reason it just cuts to Jacob talking to Mike, even though we didn't know Jacob was coming to this. And he, Jacob this is like the only time in the movie when he has like a personality. He's like, so face punch, huh? You like action movies? He's like giving him shit or something. And Mike's like, not really. And he's like, I heard it sucks bad. Like it's just such a weird moment when he's just like being a dick to Mike, which is like, hey, finally, Jacob, you did something that didn't suck. <laughs> Uh, but like Mike's like allergic, like he's physically allergic to action movies or something. <laughs> I don't think Stephanie Meyer understands like human emotions. Like you don't vomit from watching an action movie. You don't wake up screaming because you're depressed. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I felt like like I would understand if they had gone to see like the Human Centipede mm-hmm. Forty Five or something. <laughs> like it looked like a pretty straightforward action movie. Like it's not like one of those where you hear like 
it's making the festival rounds and people are like passing out. Like uh-huh. it sounded like a pretty standard action movie. Can you imagine her watching the human centipede 45 and like ghost vapor Edwards, like <laughs> don't watch this. <laughs> it's bad for your brain. <laughs> She's like, fuck you, Edward. I'll do what I want. Throwing popcorn at the air, yeah. It's also really unattractive. (laughs) All right, what's your number two, Morgan? Uh, I put down everything with the Volturi and, like, Michael Sheen just, like, eating all the scenery and just, like, Michael Sheen was the only one who knew what this movie was, I feel like. He was like, maybe we can punch it up a notch and everybody else is like, nah. He's like a singularity in that I feel like he was going to end the movie and recreate it around himself. <laughs> he tried. Yeah. He, he, God bless him. <laughs> he sure as fuck tried. Um, my number two is the bizarre cafeteria scene where they uh, propose the movie group date where Mike asks out Bella, like basically in front of his girlfriend, Anna Kendrick. Yes. And then... <laughs> The one dude, I think it's Eric, I had to be improvising like, yeah, man, face punch. Didn't you hear? It's like, pow, 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 pow. Like, I'm going to punch you in your face. Yeah. (laughs) It would be better if that wasn't improvised. Like, that was actually in the script. Oh, I would not Like, they were like, this is the dialogue (laughs) we are going with. This is what teens sound like. (laughs) (laughs) This is what the youth say today, right? (laughs) Pow, 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 pow in your face. Yeah, my number two, and this is like a lot of like me just like reading my own headcanon into things. But when Alice is in the scarf driving through Italy, just like running people off the road, I guess I, I'm really trying to imagine her just like being a terror on, on that like Italian like highway, just like causing accidents behind her left and right as she's just like driving way too fast. It's so funny. I put in my notes, wouldn't it be great if she was just running people mm-hmm. over? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Isn't that what the Italian roadways are like, though? As far as I know, yeah. Just lots of vehicular <laughs> homicide. <laughs> that feels accurate. Uh, what's your number one, Morgan? My number one? Yes. Oh, uh, was the when she's just sitting in the chair and the months are passing by. She's just <laughs> not showering. She's yeah. just committed to that chair. <laughs> And the reason why is because it's like the thing that made me laugh the hardest reading all these books, Mm -hmm. which is that when you're reading the books, he breaks up with her and then you like flip a page and it just says October. And then you're like, okay. And you flip the page. The next page just says November. Oh, really? Like no text at all? No text. Just the name of the month. Nothing has happened of note. (laughs) Same thing for the movie. Flipping. You're just like, what? the hell is happening that's fascinating because in my notes i was like what the hell is this dumb montage this is so <laughs> lazy and sloppy surely there could have been a better way to show the passage time apparently not in fact that was an improvement i kind of like i remember going into this movie hoping that they would just do like a black screen mm-hmm. and just they, the months would just the names of the months would maybe just fade in and out or something like just that was more effort than the books took uh yeah. for that I, I guess that's something, yeah. <laughs> I I actually rerun that sequence at one point just to count how many lamps she had in her room. <laughs> and it's like nine. It's nine lamps in that room. I, I don't know why that – I was like I have to find something visually to enjoy. Nothing changes on the bed for like two of the months. <laughs> like <laughs> I think somebody tweeted at us. Hopefully there's like a toilet in that chair she's sitting in. <laughs> 
Um, my number one is pretty lame. It's funny because Michael Sheen and, and Alice are my favorite parts of the movie, and I don't have them in my top three. But I actually did kind of enjoy the quick little visual of her sitting at the table, the Cullen's table by herself, while her friends are in the foreground, like living and being happy. Just because I was like, oh, so while they're gone, Bella has taken up the mantle of being the worst <laughs> at this high school. Okay. She's going to hold down the fort for them. Yeah. Yeah, my number one is when Anna Kendrick is talking to Bella after the movie and Bella's spacing out and, and Anna Kendrick's just like complaining about life in general and like, oh, I know you're going through stuff, Bella, but we all are too. And Bella's just kind of tuning her out. In the background there, you can actually hear her say that Mike just wants to be friends and she's having a hard <laughs> time with that. So I guess they weren't actually dating in this movie. Although unless you're paying really close attention or probably have read the books, it's unclear. Still. Your ex-girlfriend that you're trying to be friends with is at the table. You're totally going to ask out the I can, girl you were I can only assume. I can only assume it was like never a date or never like a boyfriend-girlfriend thing. They just went to prom. But like it was as friends because like she knows that that dude's into Bella. And so like she was going to – like her like bailing on the, the later movie date was like them trying to set them up together I think was what was happening. Wow. Well, it's funny. Those uh, those those fun facts on the uh, on the Amazon. It said that uh, Anna Kendrick improvised <laughs> most of that dialogue, which makes perfect sense to me because it's the only dialogue that sounds like a human being would actually say it. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, yep. it's good. That's how you know it was improvised. Well, like I feel like in that improvisation, we had the longer take. She'd be like, "Case two, why are you even in this movie? <laughs> like, I'm just doing this scene and I'm out of here. Like, but you, you had like another two months of this. What the fuck? Yeah. God." All right. So, any complaints? <laughs> oh, so many. Uh, I'll get the ball rolling. The apparitions of Edward that keep showing up, they did not work for me. I just thought they were dumb. They were so weird. They were just so weird. They just, it, I, I don't even know what to say about them. They so were just like the, the strangest thing. The way they could, they could be kind of like swooshed away, like they were foggy. You know, yeah. like somebody would walk through them or like wave an arm through. Them. I don't know. It's just I don't know what they're. Well, going he's for. like like vape mansplaining to her mm-hmm. how to live her life post breakup. But I mean, that's her imagination, right? It's not him actually appearing to her. Yeah, yeah. I think it's just supposed to be her. I mean, know, I've hallucinating. I think I've yeah. never I've never dated someone so hard that the breakup led to me screaming in my sleep or screaming <laughs> myself never- awake. You've never had breakup-related PTSD. Apparently, it's not that that's not a thing. <laughs> apparently, apparently not. But I've also never had like ghost, like apparitions <laughs> mm-hmm. of them, like telling me how to live my fucking life afterwards. Bella, don't do that. It's dangerous. <sighs> well, well, like the she's like drowning, and then she like falls into like the. Uh, I was like, what is happening here? The the best one was he's like lie, and she's like blah 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 blah. He's like lie better <laughs> <laughs> even as an apparition he's a dick yeah <laughs> well i mean a, a more serious complaint i feel like this whole series is really trying to have its cake and eat it too with the, like the subject matter i mean this is essentially the story about a girl who's like has she's having suicide attempts to get the attention of an ex who dumped her is basically what she's doing and the movie like doesn't really want to acknowledge that at all. It's like, oh, it's a, it's a love triangle. It's like actually, this is a movie about depression, whether or not you're aware of it. Well, they even have the 
the vampire cut on her wrist or mm-hmm. bite on her wrist that looks like she tries to cut herself. Yeah. Um, but the problem with the movie for me in a lot of ways stems out of he's such a fucking cold dickhole to her from get-go that 20 minutes in the movie when he breaks up with her, it's like her reaction just seems out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. There, there's no passion for her to elicit like feeling it so hard. I mean I get Case is doing the best she can, like playing a character who internalizes all this bullshit, but Pattinson's like not giving her anything to work with. And that's his his character. It just I don't know. There was just like, like I'm just I'm not empathizing with Bella like from the very beginning of the movie. And that makes it hard, I guess. Um God, I hate this movie. Oh. Doesn't help you that there's really no plot. I was yeah. gonna say, it feels like it's thrown together. It feels like a bunch of different stories that they just sort of like paper clipped mm-hmm. together. Like Edward and Bella break up and then she's super depressed, but then also there's a love triangle, but then also there's this werewolf bullshit. And then, and then at the end, like there's, he's a, like Italian glitter bomb. <laughs> like, I don't, mm-hmm. I like, it's so hard to keep track of like what story there's like haphazardly trying to tell at one point or another. Well, and they had the, the bad guys from the last movie show up, like, in the middle of the movie, like middle yes. of the second act. And it's like, oh no. And then like by the end of the and second they act, they're gone back. again. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> well, and, they, It's so strange. Well, like there's not even a, like we got too many mentions at the end of the last one that, that James, the blonde haired guy is like a tracker. He's mm-hmm. a tracker, 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 tracker. That's like, they forgot his name. They just know he's a tracker. We don't see fucking Victoria at all. Um, and, for, and then the weird, she shows up dressed for prom at the prom and I like, what's going on? And she appears in this one, but it's like, they could have like replaced her name with like, she's a badass, she's a badass, she's a badass or something to give me some kind of indicator of her level of, I don't know. She just is running around with the wolves and it, it in slow-mo it, with the Tom York. I, they, they could have like left this character out of the movie altogether, you know? Yeah. Well, there's no real stakes. And then at the end, suddenly it's. It's like the Volturi only exist to provide like some made up stakes for Bella and Edward, you know, to like get them to do stuff. Well, yeah, it's like, I guess I feel like maybe the novel, if you could tell me if the novel was like a NaNoWriMo book and she only had the month of November and one draft to make it happen. And just like halfway through, she realized Victoria is not like getting her there. And then the Volturi, you know, that's a single word mentioned by Edward during Romeo and Juliet earlier like pans off to me like Michael Sheen and like their prog rock opera that they're doing. <laughs> um, yeah. It's like Chekhov's vampires. You know, they're coming back at some point. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's why he brought them up for no reason at all. Yeah, exactly. He's like, you know, speaking about suicide as we teens often do, yeah. like what the hell is that? What conversation is this? But they play it off. Like it's like, this is a romantic conversation that they're having. Not like he's like, here are the ways I've tried to off myself. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's right. (laughs) Yeah. That's sexy foreplay. Yeah. Like, but you know, Edward's the kind of guy that like, if he gets cut off for any reason, he's going to make sure he finishes like his fucking sentence. Like he's going to sit her down and be like, Bella, I need to finish what I was saying to you earlier. (laughs) By the way, you have nothing in your head. I just hadn't told you that for 10 minutes. Another complaint, now you know, I, I feel bad. I, I don't like to call people out like this, but Taylor Lautner cannot act. Like it's just, Ooh. oh man, he has some early scenes with Bella where the line reading is so bad. Like, you, it's 
it's like you just drag somebody in off the street and who's like say these lines mm-hmm. you get no practice because i haven't seen twilight in a long time but i feel like the wig here was worse oh yeah that like, wig can also him. not act yeah. i feel like the wig was a better actor than taylor lautner <laughs> in this movie like it had like a whole character progression I think the wig really comes into its own when he's finally riding the motorbike. Like, it it finally looks right. It's like, yeah, that's the kind of dumb hair a motorcycle rider would have. And, like, then it really seemed like the wig had arrived. But then I think pretty soon after that, it was gone. I just think it's interesting when you when you make a movie, there's there's different departments, obviously. And depending on the movie and what you're doing, they have different levels of responsibility, power, duties, whatever. Like, the wig master in this movie had too much power. (laughs) Like, first of all, fucking Jasper. <laughs> God damn. Well, to be fair, they only gave him like two lines in the whole movie. They were like, no, no, speak less. Yeah. <laughs> well, why don't we move into general discussion? I, mean, I don't know how many notes you guys made. I made way too many notes, which. Yeah. So did I. Yeah. 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 There's our coping <laughs> mechanism. <laughs> I mean, my first note is just we open on a moon that is neither new nor, nor full. Like. <laughs> It's also the only moon in this movie. We were, Marco and I were debating, does this count as a as a new moon in the movie? Because it was never twilight in the last movie. Does this count or does it not count? I don't know. I feel like it doesn't count. It's like we don't even know if that's really like what the moon was like mm-hmm. that day that she was sleeping or if that's just the opening credits. Yeah, it's just like the, the graphics. <laughs> Fun fact, new moon was Robert Pattinson's favorite of the books. Probably because Edward was in it so little. <laughs> I saw that and I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, I was like, does he just think that because Edward's barely in it? Because I can respect that. I feel that. like at one point I did read an interview and they were like, which one's your favorite? And he was like, New Moon. And they were like, isn't Edward not in that a lot? And he was like, yep, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then it transitions from that to a, a bright sun because I don't, I don't know, this whole like flash forward thing to Italy. I don't think it's needed. I don't know. It's just confusing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, thinking back, what was this? Was she seeing a premonition of the future? Or, like, what is going on? I don't think you should have to ask that. Yeah, I don't like, think Clearly so the movie has failed in some regard. If you're like, I don't really know what you're going for here. Well, she she wakes up next to her copy of Romeo and Juliet, which... Apparently, it was like a big inspiration of Stephanie Myers for this. Ugh. I don't know how exactly. I mean, it's been a while since I read Romeo and Juliet, but nothing's really resonating for me about this movie and Romeo and Juliet. I feel like it's the inspiration of somebody who knows the general outline of Romeo and Juliet, but has like probably never read it. Well, at one point, one of them makes a comment about <clears throat> like Romeo had, having killed Juliet. And it's like, well, no. He he didn't. They killed themselves. Like that's. I think that's the the where the parallels end. I feel like that. Ex- if that's true, and that's what she thinks Romeo and Juliet is, it makes a lot of sense about a lot of the romances in Twilight. <laughs> the I mean, Bella might not. I mean, I love Case too. I'm gonna go on record again for the thousandth time. She might not. Like her elevator might not go to the penthouse because like <laughs> Billy Burke has to explain what a photo album is to her in that scene. Later on, well, to be fair, she is like a millennial. She might yeah. just be like, "What is this?" Well, it's also clear she doesn't know what how a birthday works. <laughs> like Edward can't give her a present because she has nothing to give him in return. It's like that's not how it works. I, mean, I think that was yeah. just a forced like virginity, you know, Still. metaphor or something. <laughs> well, 
I would. I can't wait to get into their their kiss because oh. the vomit face he's making is intense. <laughs> I have like notes about like how every time that like she go like they go to kiss, he looks like he just wants to either like start crying hysterically or hurl. Yeah. I don't. I don't know what what that choice was that yeah. he made, but it's a weird one. Well, they they really decided that like her arc in this movie is going to be. She's afraid that she's aging too much, and because she's 18 years old now, it's I don't, I don't know how <laughs> relatable that is. But. And I have to say, it's so much worse in the books. This is something I remembered from the books because I was like, "Wait, what? You're 18? Like, hold on! Like, wait until you get a little older before you're like, I'm hideous." Mm-hmm. But like, it's it's so strange. Like, she's like singularly focused on this in the books as well. She's like, "Oh my god, I'm so old! Every day, every second, I get a little bit older and a little bit grosser." And you're like, "What?" Well, I mean, can, you can't even like Sophie Meyer can't even claim that she's making a sly comment on how we like sexualize youth because it's a story about abstinence. <laughs> like, he doesn't want anything to do with her physically. At all. I, I think he just likes her because she adores him. And now she's feeling like she's she's equating being 18 of like basically being the same age as her grandmother. Yeah. And like everybody in this movie is like negging her about it too. They're like, look at you. You're so old, you piece of shit. And she's yeah. like, ah. <laughs> like she's just like it's not making it it's not making it any better for her. Like if you know that she's got this weird thing about age, like maybe don't pretend like she's turning 65 years old. But she's not great at expressing herself, so nobody knows that. About well, you know, her. <laughs> all like the hammering on her birthday, it seems very TV-ish to me. Like this really seems like this is the season premiere of Twilight, the show season two or something, where it's like, oh, this episode, everyone's going to talk about her birthday because that's the theme of the episode, except this is a movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like uh, Buffy season two's premiere when mm-hmm. she was old. <laughs> Well, you know, Marco, you mentioned all the the lamps in her room. I just want to know where she got all this crap for her room now because it doesn't seem like she's getting it from Billy Burke. Like, I guess right. she's making a lot of trips to the thrift store or something. Like, I want to uh, know what happened to her cactus. Is yeah. it okay? <laughs> I feel like Bella could kill it? a cactus, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, like a lot of trips to the world market are happening for the decor of her room. What the fuck was her summer like in Forks? That just sounds boring as shit. I, I guess she spent it with Edward. Uh, this I movie has probably, a has trouble ex- establishing that romance is like anything to care about at all. Yeah, I think probably they spent the whole summer like in that field, just staring at each other, not saying a word. Mm-hmm. Oh. I like how uh, her dad like makes a joke about a gray hair, and she totally flips out over it. It's like, oh my god, are you serious? She has to get up and look in the mirror. <laughs> well then she goes to the school and i think it's i think it's anna kendrick it might be uh the other one uh christine serratos who says today's a big day bella your essay's due it's like what <laughs> i love that that never comes back like what? what big essay on romeo and juliet yeah yeah oh, so i see the tables have turned. She's now like, taking pictures of her super nerdy friends who've all like coupled off or whatever. I was about to say, this is one of my favorite parts because when she's taking the picture, she's like, my mom wants a picture of my friends. And I thought immediately, your mom doesn't believe you have friends. <laughs> yes. And she's and she's right. 
<laughs> you don't. Yeah. Well, then they have to clear out as soon as Edward shows up. And at first I was like, oh, God, look at that. Look at this guy. He's isolating her from her friends. It's so unhealthy. But then I thought maybe they just don't like hanging out around these two. Maybe her friends are just like later. <laughs> We're cool. <laughs> well, he walks over to her in slow motion. Like he's oh Phoebe God. fucking cakes getting out of the, the pool and Judge Reinhold's fantasies. But also look back there. He's parked sideways across three parking spaces just to be an asshole. He's such an asshole. But I will say he is smizing like Tyra Banks taught us. So, you know, at least he's been watching a lot of America's Next Top Model. That would explain a lot about the whole vampire aesthetic. <laughs> it's, a lot, it's a lot of smizing, a lot of lip gloss. Yeah. He drives oh a Volvo. Drives like a Volvo crossover. Like – how did, what is the fucking shopping trip for the Collins to go buy cars like? Like, is the one dude like, my family only buys cars that I can ride on the back of? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, we don't even get to see that guy ride on the back of a car in this. No, obviously a failure. Mm-hmm. Obviously a failure of the movie. I like how they kind of lampshade the fact that uh, Taylor Lautner had to do a bunch of juicing for this role by like, Bella makes a joke about him juicing. <laughs> it's like, ha, ha, ha. That's probably true, though. <laughs> Oh, and later on he the probably movie. ruined his body to get this role. It's like, isn't it adorable that we, that we ruined this small child? Mm-hmm. Well, later on in the movie, like the way he starts acting after the date, I was like, maybe he really is juicing. <laughs> Wouldn't that be a much more <laughs> interesting story? His deep, dark secret isn't werewolves. It's like steroids. Yeah. <laughs> I had well, to do steroids to stay in this movie. <laughs> at least Bella says, like at least she verbalizes, maybe I shouldn't be dating such an old man. It's gross. I mean... She doesn't mean it, but at least she says it. <laughs> it would be great if Edward was like, oh, shit, I'm sorry. You're too old for me now. <laughs> yes. Well, I like how when she's talking to Jacob, we cut it back to Edward. He's just like hanging out. Obviously, you can hear what they're saying. And he just has this disgusted look on his face. Like, because their conversation is so dumb and asinine. And like, especially if you're 100 years old, I don't know how you could even stand this. You know, like, oh, my God, this is such a dumb teenage conversation. But if you have a problem with that, Edward, maybe don't date <laughs> an 18-year-old girl and you're in high school for the 80th time. <laughs> um, I feel like I feel like a lot of the cutaways to Edward were like some like serious smell the fart acting. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. it cuts away and Edward just looks like Jacob just like ripped a ripped a terrible one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and like he's not even standing far enough away that like vampire hearing would kick in. Like <laughs> You can obviously hear them. You're only like 10 feet away. <laughs> I just love the the glare that Jacob gives Edward as he's hugging Casey there, like over her shoulder, like glaring at Jacob. Jacob's acting style, Taylor Lawn's acting style at best, is the asshole jock in act one of any romantic comedy who's just rubbing it into like the Owen Wilson type. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, this is my girl. I hit this every night, bro. Unfortunately... He's acting across Robert Pattinson, who's like a black hole of thespianism. <laughs> Robert Pattinson, who gets to say lines like, Bella, you give me everything just by breathing. Like, <laughs> oh, is that so romantic? Many, so many good lines in this movie. <laughs> can we can we fast forward to Alice? like Hopping over the railing because she's like, so wacky. <laughs> it's just a few more steps. Like, <laughs> way to keep your cover as a normal high school girl. She's also I would just wearing love it if there was like <laughs> if she just did this everywhere, like like she just parkours into the class, like she just jumps in through a window or something. Well, and it's not even like 
the only parkour scene in the movie. <laughs> well, and I really think Ashley Green's one of the few people acting in this movie. Like, yeah, I, I don't think she does this normally or is this bubbly. Like, I don't know. Her character shows up and has some semblance of a personality. She's and, yeah. then, and then behind her, Jasper. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yes. Doing whatever the fuck it is that he's doing. His face. Just I lose it every time. It's it's not as bad as it was in Twilight, <laughs> right. where he like literally looked like a deer in the headlights through that whole movie. But it's still there's still a lot of that going on. Well, he, he smirks a little, and it, that that just makes me lose my shit even more because <laughs> him smiling like, wow. I try to imagine their screen test together because their chemistry is like literally what I think would happen if you combine matter and antimatter. <laughs> well, like, I guess he can control like, your yes, mood. This is what we need. There's some kind of line that he can control your mood or something like that. That's like his special yeah, that's, X-Men that's vampire his power. special power is that mm-hmm. like he can control people's moods, which is creepy. That's which really is, creepy. And, and, and almost useless because he never seems to use it. Like she's like, oh, Jasper, you just made me a little happy. God damn it. Well, what if he's, he's like, doing that to Alice? <laughs> what if he's doing that he's, to Alice like all the time? That's why she's like so bubbly. Emotionally gaslighting her for their entire relationship. Mm-hmm. What would you do with this power realistically? Would you just like go to a stranger's funeral and make everyone happy just to like <laughs> see them being like, I don't understand why I can't stop laughing. I fucking hate this. <laughs> <laughs> well, why is Bella so reluctant to come over to Vampire House for dinner? Like, why is she so like, oh, uh, it's her birthday? Because they're going it's her to, birthday. They're going to She's- recognize that she's older. She just turned 110. Yeah. Shouldn't she be like dying to go hang out with these guys? I don't know. To me, not on her, not on her birthday, man. I She's guess. 18 now. She's legal. It's gross to them. <laughs> um, yeah. I feel like there is some sort of like something that they're trying to say about her being 18, but <laughs> I don't know what it is. <laughs> like the whole movie, I'm going to jump to the end. Like the whole movie, I just wanted like, to like find out that Bella's actually been in an asylum this whole time imagining this like it's like a mr robot thing like edward's not actually a super good looking guy he's just some like glam goth asshole that she's been dating jacob's like secretly like struggling with his sexuality in a huge way <laughs> I, I don't clearly know. been watching way too much mr robot clearly but uh can we fast forward back then or rewind back to the fact that eric tears up during romeo and juliet eric is all shook yeah. Well, how about the teacher is just like reciting the lines? <laughs> like, is everyone in this town just super strange? Like, what is happening? Yes, everyone is super strange in this town. <laughs> <sighs> oh, and Edward is jealous of Romeo's suicide. Like, that is a deal breaker, Bella. He's just like, oh, it's harder for us to kill ourselves. <laughs> I like that she's like so into this conversation though. She's like, yes, tell me more about your suicide attempts. Like, girl, this is a warning sign. <laughs> Please tell me all about the Volturi because I'll need to know about them in Act Three. <laughs> the teacher feels shamed by how Edward recites Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> Which was not really an iambic pentameter, but sure, yeah. In in my notes I have Edward's lip gloss is popping. Because <laughs> seriously, what is like Throughout this whole movie, his his like lipstick lip gloss situation is like out of control. Mm-hmm. Was it me too, or I felt like it was hard to understand him in this movie? Like I had to rewind a few times because he mumbled so much. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's there, not committed to this movie whatsoever. There is a lot of low key acting going on here, <laughs> where it's like, are they acting or are they dead? Like what? <laughs> what's happening? That's, 
acting with a capital A. Yeah, I like how after he recites the Romeo and Juliet, all the uh, the girls who turn around in class have these like super satisfied looks on their face. Like, ah, <laughs> he yeah, can recite I, Romeo and Juliet. I like that Chris Weiss is like, uh, whatever you do, do not enunciate. Mm-hmm. I don't think your character would ever do that. But you just made me think, though, it's a good thing the vampires don't eat and drink because every time Edward like drank something, we'd have to see like the lipstick marks <laughs> on the brim of the cup. <laughs> I just want on like one of the scenes, like he like kisses her on the forehead, and as he's going, it like the camera zooms in to see his like lip <laughs> lipstick mark. <laughs> That'd be a little distracting, yeah. Well, we get this goofy painting of the uh, the Volturi here, which as soon as I saw it, I was like, "What kind of weird posed painting is that?" But then I was like, "Oh, it's actually not. It's it's like film. Yeah. <laughs> like it's not an actual painting. That's why it looks so weird." Could you imagine going over to the Cullen's house, not having any of the vampire background and being like, oh, cool. You've got like a this weird painting of somebody ripping somebody's head off and like, oh, here's another one of like a skull eating another skull. You seem fun. Well, it's like, oh, you you painted your dad into the background of this painting. That's weird. Well, how quickly do you jump to the supposition that, hey, your whole family, you guys are all fucking, aren't you? Oh, so quickly. So, so quickly. (laughs) Like, would you be freaked out by, like, the weird macabre, like, art? Or would you be like, you guys are all a little too sexual with each other. It's it's bothering me. This is, like, a weird orgy cult situation, isn't it? (laughs) Well, and what is Carlisle doing in this painting? He's just kind of, like, chilling off to the side. Everybody else is doing stuff, ripping off heads. I don't know what his rank is exactly in this organization. It's just, hi, I'm, I'm here in the background. Just feeling conflicted, we're, mm-hmm. we're led to believe. So I, I guess the metaphor they want us to have for the vampires is that they're like like made out of stone or something. It's like dusty when they tear them apart. I, I don't even know. Is it know. like a Buffy thing where they're like, they're just like, I don't know. How do we, what do we do with vampires? What did they do on that television show? <laughs> well, like their faces seem to like crack, you know, almost like. Like it's uh, something solid. I don't know. They're, I don't so know what they're going for. In the first one or this one, we see that they have reflections, right? Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is funny because in her dream, when she's an old woman in the mirror, he has he no doesn't. reflection. That's true. It's like for half a second, for a scene, they forgot their own fucking vampire rules. It's because their <laughs> rules are all vague well, that's bullshit. because they're vampire <laughs> – yeah, their vampire rules are are plot dependent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're yeah. not set up for any particular reason. It's like, what do we need for the plot? Okay, now there's vampire bureaucracy in Italy. Well, I like too that we're reminded of Victoria's vengeance by watching a quick flash of her staring into a fire and rubbing blood on her face. <laughs> well, then we get some more classic lines here where he says, uh, Bella, the only thing that can hurt me is you. And then you are my only reason to stay alive. <laughs> That's a, that's a mixed message. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just like how badly she wants that like anti-aging like <laughs> she's like, no, you should turn me into a vampire because like, come on, let's keep this tight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's Ugh. never gonna get tighter than this. You might as well just turn me now. <laughs> like, like what is happening? It's <laughs> it's all about it's like all about her like wanting to keep herself young. If if that was an actual line of dialogue, <laughs> don't you want to keep this tight? I feel like Edward would respond with, keep what tight? I don't understand. <laughs> I feel like Edward would start crying. Yeah. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Why do girls keep pressuring me into sex? 
no means no, Bella. Yeah. And then this, he jumps into a tree. You get the scene with Jasper where he starts freaking out. And for whatever reason, Edward can't just like step in front of her. He has to like shove her through yeah. the air against the wall. <laughs> yeah. I just I also like in this scene where like Jasper goes ham, like mm-hmm. the weird twinkly music in the background. Like what? What was that? It was so at odds with the rest of the scene. Well, he turns into like a halfback or something. He's like juking around guys and spinning <laughs> off of them. Somehow we've skipped past Kellen Lutz saying to Edward loud, dating an older woman, hot. And Edward <laughs> is just like, dude, bro, no, not well, cool. My favorite is that like his present had something to do with her car because like that's his entire character arc. I've already installed cars. it. <laughs> He was like, this is going to really help you stand up in the back of your car, too. Here's an empty box. I've already <laughs> installed it. Maybe he's installing, like, like little hand holders for the top of the, the truck so he can, like, hold on to. <laughs> I like that she's never concerned that these assholes just break and enter into all of her shit all the time. <laughs> oh, she she's loves fine it. With yeah. it. She's yeah. fine with it. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like Edward's a real dick when uh, Jasper has this little incident. Like, he's just, like, scowling at everyone. Like, it's kind of an honest mistake, and he's just, like, angry and moody. And Carlisle has to, like, step in and, you know, calm things down. Apparently, during the fi- the filming of this scene, according to the fun facts, uh, Jackson Rathbone, 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 whatever, Jasper, he, like, went method. <laughs> and they, like, really had to hold him back. And apparently, in one take, he knocked over the one the, the woman who plays Esme. Nice. And I was like, of all the things to go method for, this is not the thing. Yeah. No. <laughs> is that a real name? Jackson Rathbone? <laughs> like, could have been his name I in the movie. <laughs> um, yeah, I like the Edward. Like, he, he goes from, like, 10 to 11 on the pouting during all that, too. Well, and Bella's just using all this as another excuse. Like, you really need to turn me to a vampire slash, you know, have sex with me. I, I guess that's the metaphor that's happening here. Yeah. So so then Peter Facinelli, like, he takes her to his office to stitch her up. Is it me, or do they not shoot this scene like it's a seduction? There's a no, little bit. okay, so I, yeah, exactly. I was like, is it just me, or do they have, first of all, better chemistry than yeah. Edward and Bella, like, hands down? And secondly, off, I was like, is he stitching her up, or are they going to bone? Like, well, what? She's, <laughs> what's happening? She's got at least one hand kind of resting on the side of his torso there. I'm not really sure why. Maybe just yeah, to hold her not, arm out or something so he can work on it. I kept rewinding it to try to figure out why, why she had like her hand up on his hip. Mm-hmm. Well, like two things. He's like, I see you're reading Romeo and Juliet. Have you considered reading Lolita instead? <laughs> Second, what if instead of Robert Pattinson, it was just Peter Facinelli as Edward? You know, <laughs> he's like, I'm a 109-year-old high school senior. I feel like that would be better. Like, yeah. like they should have cast somebody who was just for real way too old to yeah. be in high school. <laughs> and cast like Robert a- Pattinson as the uh, the, the Carlisle character. <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised they didn't do that. I mean, that's like a vampire movie trope where the the very young actor is playing the old person type of thing. You know, I mean, they do that, I guess, with Dakota Fanning. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so we get a lot of like wincing and kissing. The whole folded up, folded up photo thing, like dramatic much? Like, I just felt like that was the like one of the weirder things that happens in this movie. And that's saying a lot mm-hmm. because a lot of weird things happen. But like 
even even Edward, when he's like breaking and entering into her room and <laughs> rifling through her shit, as you do in a loving, committed relationship, is like, oh, this bitch is crazy. Edward's just like, <laughs> ah, geez, we need to talk. The, the closest I could get to their kissing scene is, do you remember the episode of Party Down where uh, uh, Ryan Hansen just had his teeth bleached? <laughs> and he keeps making yeah, out yeah. Joy Lauren Adams. That's, that was at best what Edward's doing. Just like, ah, oh, ah, oh, you know. <laughs> I love that we've been talking for almost an hour. We're 20 minutes into the movie. <laughs> but I do think these movies are very front-loaded where, like, a lot of stuff seems to, like, I don't know, catch the attention at the beginning. And then after a while, it's like, nah, whatever. Yeah, the middle of these movies sag really badly. Mm-hmm. Like, the beginning is crazy. The end is trying for something. The middle is nothing. It's a wasteland. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he has to take her out in the middle of the woods to dump her. Uh, I have in my notes, don't walk with him, Bella. Old Yeller made the same mistake. (laughs) (laughs) He's like taking her out back into the woods to like shoot their relationship. On him leaving seems kind of unmotivated. Like I felt like there was, they could have ratcheted things up. So this didn't seem so kind of, uh, I guess we need to leave, you know, like maybe if the, the last incident was more severe or something like that. He likes to ghost face to face. If it's not too much to ask, don't do anything reckless. Well, they keep invoking Charlie as the reason. Like, don't fuck up your life, you know, for Charlie. Because mm-hmm. I don't give a shit about you. I mean, but Charlie doesn't even know she's there. Like, at the end of the movie, spoiler alert, she's gone for three days. And he's like, don't leave for three days again. Like, crack detective work, Charlie. <laughs> well, I was like, which time, Charlie? This time or she went, like, to the other continent? Or the time, like, last year when she went to another state? Oh, and like, how about the fact that she got like lost in the backyard, basically? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like how they have, they have a fucking manhunt all ready to go. <laughs> but this, just the directing of this breakup scene, this is seemingly like a big scene in the movie. Like, oh, it's the big breakup. It's just shot reverse shot. It's like the most uncreative way you could possibly Ooh, film something. But like weird Dutch angles for her coverage, and his are like totally steady. And I just feel like he's like is is was like Rob Pattinson on downers for this scene or something. He's like mumbling all his lines. His energy level is like crazy, crazy low. Mm-hmm. He's like, I found a vampire's motivation. It's just quaaludes. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, oh, but by, by the way, even though I'm dumping you, like if it's not too much to ask, don't do anything reckless. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh so, man. So Bella just wanders into the woods because she got dumped. So she just wanders around till it's dark. And then suddenly she's overcome with emotion and falls over. She just like keels over. That fall was so weird. It's just like she just falls out of frame. Did she did she trip on something? Like what happens? It's not like he walks away and she's overcome with emotion right there. It's like, no, she takes a three hour walk and then falls over. <laughs> because it's light out when he breaks up with her, and it's nightfall when mm-hmm. she just keels over. All I'm saying is Was Spen- she just spending hours like yelling Edward's name? <laughs> Spencer did it a lot better on Pretty Little Liars, just saying. At least Spencer like like went insane and mm-hmm. had some like, like she just kind of decides not to like shower for three months. Yeah. Well, like, first of all, Patrick Bateman is kinder in his breaking up of girls. And secondly, <laughs> like this is the only time she falls over. So I kept thinking like is Edward being gone? Has it cured her of her clumsiness from the first movie? Because she's just like randomly like falling on her ass. She almost like, falls over later though too. 
Oh, does she? Okay. Because yeah. I mean, the first movie, it's like when like people are trying to roller skate and they're just constantly falling over. That's her. <laughs> and to him, constantly saying like, "Can you just watch where you're going?" <laughs> <laughs> well, and they've got like the whole manhunt, and they got the uh, Harry Clearwater here has got his like tough book laptop out. Like, I don't know what he's doing with that exactly. Is he like triangulating her position <laughs> or something? Like lost. Yeah. <laughs> well, Charlie, Charlie, Billy Burke is like he's relieved that his daughter is found alive, not bothered enough by the fact that a shirtless man in shorts <laughs> is carrying her from the woods. It's like she's okay. I'm not going to explain why I'm carrying your daughter shirtless. <laughs> this is <laughs> at night go. in the Pacific Northwest. It's probably like 50 degrees outside, and they're just like, "Oh, you're shirtless. That's normal." <laughs> <laughs> That feels right. That feels right for this. I'm just going to take my daughter to the hospital real quick. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, the last place they looked was the backyard. The also, what's the deal with uh, Harry Clearwater here? Does he is he a werewolf or does he know about them? It's, I guess he does. He, he knows. He knows. Yeah. Um, but obviously, because Billy Black's not traipsing through hills and stuff or anything like that. Well, he keeps making all these like really pained faces, like, oh no. This is getting bad. Like, you know, we almost got found out. Like, that's all he does in this movie. And then he just keels over and dies. Yeah. <laughs> and then we get the the wonderful montage showing the passage of seasons. I mean, there I, I will say that from indie rock standpoint, there are some choice sad bastard songs on the soundtrack. I mean, there's oh, some yeah. songs that I like. This is maybe not the song that I would have set this montage to. Like the song that most fitting to me would probably be Slow Life, which for some reason they play like 10 seconds of when she's drowning. <laughs> um, I don't know. Alice Cullen has a mobile me address. I thought that was Yeah. Funny. Yeah. Why do they have <laughs> why do they have these dot me email addresses? Um, well, I guess this is how they justify the narration in this movie is like a bunch of dead letters that Bella keeps sending to Alice. Wouldn't you I, rather I she had like, a diary though? I feel like at least the voiceover makes some sense in this one mm-hmm. as opposed to twilight where it's like who's she talking to <laughs> yeah. <laughs> herself it would be great if there's just like a scene where she's like over in a corner just talking to herself just narrating shit yeah are, are these messages really not getting through to alice or does alice just keeps like bouncing them being like no i don't i don't exist this email is closed i don't want to hear from you god you're sad i feel like if you're alice doesn't this kind of justify leaving forks mm-hmm. yeah well, this is fucked up. I mean, Edward and Bella broke up. Like, Alice <laughs> really took Edward's side in this breakup for no reason at all. <laughs> well, Couldn't I, even I, email her back. I gotta say, the the waking up screaming thing, I feel like they're really hanging Case Stew out to dry. Yeah. Like, that's not nice to do to your actors. Like, to just leave them hanging out there. It's, like, really bad direction, I feel like, more than the acting. Like, because that's not a real thing that people do. And you're asking her to sell something that's just, like, patently fake. Yeah. No, it's it's so ridiculous. I just I I just can't like wrap my head around why this was like cho- a choice. I can't remember if it was in the books or not, but I feel like this is one of those things where you're like, no, we're not going to do that because mm-hmm. it doesn't make any sense. Well, I think this is why people think Kristen Stewart is a bad actor is because she gets saddled with stuff like that that she's supposed to sell, and it's like that. There's no way you know Daniel Day Lewis can't sell that. 
Well, I mean, did they tell her, don't worry, we're going to like play a bunch of flashbacks to like the fight at the end of the first movie during these sequences? You're not going to come off like a total mm-hmm. psycho <laughs> screaming in your sleep? I mean, be, like if there's like a dream sequence happening where she's getting attacked and then she woke up screaming. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I kept, I, yeah, I kept waiting for that to be the case. Like I kept waiting for us to find out what the screaming was about. And mm-hmm. never. Well, like, especially since the movie, they could have even tied it back to like the Voltori thing that we saw in the beginning of the movie that made no sense. Like maybe she's getting premonitions or some shit, mm-hmm. but nothing. There's never any explanation for this very strange behavior. Well, especially well, since the movie's not a stranger to like showing us flashes from the first movie because it has to because this one makes no sense. Well, and then eventually Billy Burke just has to be like, "All right, that's it." Speaking <laughs> for the audience, he's like, that, "That's enough of that." Well, because he's basically raising a newborn here. <laughs> Oh, I forgot one of Anna Kendrick's uh, improv lines is talking about her cousin who had leprosy. Yes. <laughs> she's like, my cousin had leprosy, and it's not funny, okay? Well, she's really shitting on – I can't believe they actually gave her, like, just improv. We have nothing written here. <laughs> like, I like that she's really tearing into the metaphors for zombies. <laughs> is uh, it consumerism? Is it leprosy? Ugh, neither are funny. On that very, I mean, I don't know, whistling past the graveyard, you know, to be making fun of zombies and their metaphors in your stupid vampire werewolf movie. Speaking of graveyards, there's a bar in Farks, Forks called One-Eyed Pete's. Of course there is. Of course there is. Which is where the 40-year-old balding biker dudes <laughs> hang out. I like when, when Bella, like, looks down at them, is like is, like, intensely staring at them. And Anna Kendrick is like, well, they seem great. Can we go? <laughs> She's just speaking for the audience, yeah. I, well, just love, I think like, this is when we get our first, uh, like, disembodied Edward head just hanging out. Unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Well, what's really great is that when she goes down to talk to the biker, she's like, you're not the boss of me. Like, legitimately just, like, talking to herself. <laughs> and the biker's like, yeah, sure, this chick isn't going to kill me. You mm. say something, babe? <laughs> you know what? Never mind. This movie could have taken like a dark turn and like Bella just becomes a serial killer. And she's like, "Ooh, I like that. <laughs> Ooh, if she had just like snapped this guy's <laughs> neck while they were writing. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, well, it's she needs danger to hallucinate Edward, I guess, is what the point of this was. Like, this wasn't in the book, apparently, this little biker sequence here. Wow. Yeah, I don't remember it. So I, guess, I don't remember a lot of the book, but <laughs> I guess they want they're trying to communicate that Bella thinks that she needs to seek out danger now to like imagine her boyfriend, which I don't really know why they needed that. Like the self-destructive tendencies to get his attention already worked. Yeah. And uh, even even Jacob now is like hesitating with Bella because of her bullshit. I'm just trying to picture the scene, how this would be written in the book where she like gets on the bike of a guy and there's Phantom Edward and this guy's just like riding and talking about his mortgage and (laughs) (laughs) the gold standard and all this shit. And she's just complaining about the divorce laws and in Washington. Take take that Edward. Take that. Yeah. (laughs) And then Jacob comes back. Yeah. The whole bike thing. She turns his music off. She's just like, no, no music. I don't like your emo music, Jacob. My favorite is like, she's she's like, I don't like music anymore. (laughs) Like, if there isn't like a weirder thing than like randomly screaming, having like breakup related PTSD and seeing your ex as like somebody who's like negging your life choices, (laughs) just being like, like, I don't like music, period. Like, not a type of music, not your music, just music, 
in general, the mm-hmm. whole thing. Well, it it is pretty bleak because I mean that's one constant in any post breakup status in my life was music. But Bella's so uninteresting that she doesn't like music now. But also, Jacob, are we going to just gloss over the fact Jacob refers to her as Loca? I mean, I'm I, not I, doing Loca. I guess that means something. Yeah, it's probably explained in the book, but they just like wedge it in there for the movie. If he was Spanish, maybe. Um, also, well, you know, you know, Jacob is like he's here in this like I don't like music business, and he's just like thinking to himself like, "Is this worth it? Fine, whatever, I'll go with it." You know. <laughs> he also says to her, "Age is just a number, baby. What are you <laughs> like forty now?" <laughs> Damn. I like that this is like the second or third time that they've had Kristen Stewart comment on how he's buff. Yeah. <laughs> like, you gotta get, you gotta get those uh, those mentions in. He's like, I killed myself and ate nothing but like you know skinless chicken for three months. I need you to keep acknowledging how buff I am in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Taylor Lautner didn't suffer for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well, then she jokes about being a bad influence on him, and he's like, "You influence me, please." <laughs> <laughs> And then uh, we get uh, Quill and Tara. Is yeah. this guy big in the books or something? Um, I don't remember him being very big in the books. I think he was always just kind of like a side character. Is that his full name or is that like his full first name or his like first name and his last name? I think it's first and last. He shows up in this movie and literally the first thing out of his mouth is, I'm Quill and Tara. And it's so – it's such bad like adaptation – dialogue it's be like we just need to have this guy announce his name as soon as he appears because this is like someone you know from the book or something yeah like oh shit it's neville oh yeah (laughs) it really it really reminded me of the golden compass when seraphina piccola shows up and she immediately says i'm seraphina piccola and i was like oh wait that's the same director that makes so much sense (laughs) there there is a lot of people just like announcing themselves Mm -hmm. hello here is my first and last name like when Edward shows up at the beginning of the movie and he's mm-hmm. like, I'm an emotionless piece of shit. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least he got that wind machine, though. Yeah. <laughs> Quill's trying to like salt Jacob's game here. He's just like, oh, he, so, he calls you his girlfriend. It's like, dude. Like, what dude, an shut asshole. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> well, then Jacob really burns him back with like, you're taking your cousin to prom. <laughs> Which, Burn. What, what is the dating opportunity situation on the res? I guess you have to take your cousin to prom. Yeah, apparently. I don't know. Not uh, cool. Not cool for my I don't, I don't. I don't want to get too far ahead of where <laughs> you guys are in the movies. But let's just say, needless to say, it gets fucking weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, she gets a. They order a pizza, and she throws a pizza slice at him. That's not cool. No. No. Thank yeah, God like- they uh, did the transition to it being a tool because <laughs> I was like, I don't want to see cheese like slopping on the back of this guy's head <laughs> into his wig. They're like, we need a cool transition. What's something that you would naturally throw to another human being? And someone was like, pizza. She no. just makes the pizza guy hold the box so she can open it and get a slice. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get more screaming nightmares. It's like she's having non flashbacks or something. Yeah. Uh, cliff diving with really bad compositing. Well, the the most intense line to me is he started giving me this look like he's waiting for me. <laughs> yeah. Which which is the first time I was like, Jacob's gay. Well, my favorite thing is like this. So this kid is just like rolling deep with his with his like shirtless with a pack of young boys mm-hmm. waiting for Jacob 
giving him the look. Mm-hmm. Has anyone thought to call to catch a predator? Yeah, seriously. Mm-hmm. It's just like really, really strange. I mean, bad CGI aside. <laughs> yeah, it's like so obvious that they're not jumping off cliffs. I don't know, it's painful. <laughs> and then Bella really sucks at riding a bike. She just falls right off. Isn't it kind of unintentionally comical when she rolls into that rock, though? <laughs> oh, it's hilarious. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so then he, of course, takes off his shirt completely unnecessarily. Oh, totally um, unnecessarily. <laughs> sweaty teenage boy who's been working on motorcycle wounds or motorcycles all day is going to rub his disgusting shirt on her open head wound. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, well, thanks. It's infected now. <laughs> well, I want to say the abs. <laughs> The bit right before this with, like, he's waiting for me and all that. Like, it's another huge info dump that the movie, like, it's like, oh, we need to set this up now. Let's have somebody exposition about it right before we need to know about it. Oh, and the dialogue is so bad, too. It's just like, oh, we need to tell the audience all this stuff. What? Mm -hmm. Maybe maybe we can think of a way to show it. Nah, let's just have him say it. Yeah. Well, and let's also, let's let's send our worst actor out to sell it. <laughs> they really hang Jacob out. They really hang poor Taylor Lautner out they're to not, dry and They're not doing stuff. anyone favors in this movie, no. <laughs> except for no, maybe not. Michael Sheen. <laughs> well, I think Michael like Sheen takes, does his own favors, yeah. <laughs> I like when he takes off his shirt, too. It's like full stripper style. <laughs> like, Fabio, it's like, yeah. For, for a second, you are very much watching Magic Mike. <laughs> Well, she finally goes and eats with her friends again at lunch, and Mike immediately starts like thin, thin shaming her and being like, "Oh, you need some meat on those bones." Yeah, God, what the hell Mike. was that? Like every part of Mike's game is terrible. Well, he was negging her in the first one too, but then I feel like he's like dying to go see "Love Spelled Backwards" as love. <laughs> like he's dying to see it. Yeah, <laughs> and she's like, "How about?" Face punch, which I thought, okay, she's making that up. It's a generic thing, blah, blah, blah. No, it's a real movie in the Twilight universe. Well, all her friends turn away when they start talking. Like, this hasn't been some pre-scripted routine or something. Like, like they really want to set this guy up with Bella. Maybe that's their new plan or something. Like, Bella needs to get over uh, Edward. So, I don't know. Poor Anna Kendrick. Well, like, it- it's, it's so strange, though, because he's definitely asking her out right in front of Jessica. Mm-hmm. The movie has no not like no knowledge that this would be a significant event. Like there's not even any coverage of Anna exactly. Kendrick when mm-hmm. he asks. Why wouldn't you cut to her giving dagger eyes to Bella? Because she does it in the first movie once or yeah, twice. Yeah, there's nothing. It's like it's like the movie has actively forgotten that, that they went to prom together. Or would have us believe that Jessica would be okay with this, which I just don't think she would be. You know, <laughs> like it'd be one thing if like, oh, Mike just wants to be friends. Fine, I don't like it, but I'll. I'll deal with it, but like, oh, my best friend's gonna start dating him now. That wouldn't fly. But I mean, so Anna Kendrick's in the future movies, right? Mm-hmm. See, like, if she wasn't in, in the movies going forward, this would make sense. Like, if you're just writing this character out of the TV show, like, we don't give a shit about her opinion anymore. But the fact that you're gonna bring this poor actress back and like her storyline is just evaporating in front of her. <laughs> <sighs> and then there's the most much. wonderfully awkward date of all time. I heard that movie sucks. <laughs> it's a movie we're gonna go see <laughs> also there's uh, there's some other movie posters one of them is called the delicate art of parking yeah and uh gambling gods and lsd yeah i feel like any of those movies would be an improvement over new moon mm-hmm. 
I would rather see somebody. I'd rather watch Edward parallel park his fucking car, <laughs> this stupid Volvo, for two hours than watch this movie. I'm just I'm into this being a TV show just so you could do the continuous like Seinfeld riff of talking about these these stupid movies throughout the background, like just their version of Rochelle Rochelle. <laughs> Like a, like a whole episode where it's just all of them trying to meet at the movie theater and they all end up in the same theater not realizing it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, so, you know, in the uh, in the office when Toby accidentally puts his hand on Pam's knee, yep. is that more or less awkward than when Jacob tries to hold Bella's hand here and she's just like, yeah, and like lets it go? Wouldn't it be great if then Jacob just like parkoured out of the theater? <laughs> <laughs> Like he just like like Kool Aid Man like jumps through a wall. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah. Like that is just brutal. Like the way she kind of just like drops his hand away, like it's like something gross and contagious. <laughs> and then she gets in like the most like no loopholes rejection you will ever get. Like, exactly. Why would you ever want to be in a situation where you have to ask someone why don't you like me? Uh, I mean, you can't say she's not being honest or clear with him. She's just like, it will never be you. It will always be Edward. Yeah. I just like that he he totally, like, (laughs) disses Mike. You should hold up for someone stronger. Someone who laughs at the gore that makes other men vomit. (laughs) (laughs) What are you, Conan? (laughs) I like that she gives him this, like, it's basically, she's like, you know, I'm not into it. I'm still not over Edward. It's always going to be Edward. And he's like, what I'm hearing is that I have a chance. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's in Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. What she? Oh God. I was. I was so depressed when she was just like, "I'm like a car that can't be fixed. I will never run right." Well, and, and, and rather and, than and instead of him being like, "No, you're not a car. You're a human being," he's like, "Oh man, he got you messed up, girl." <laughs> yeah. Rather yeah. than being like, "Okay, so let me be a friend," like you know. Like, tell me about it. He's just like, ah, I'm still going to work the angle. I, I think this can still happen. He's he's like, I know you think Edward really fucked you up, but I'm just saying I could probably fuck you up more. <laughs> <laughs> and then he has to get all up in Mike's face for being a pussy about the movie. Because he's on that steroids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Mike is like, I was sick beforehand, by the way. <laughs> I love that line. Well, it's like, this character somehow redeemed himself in a way from the first one for me just because he's so smarmy and ridiculous. <laughs> I'm just I'm just allergic to action, okay? It's a real thing. Look it up. Well, and like, Charlie Swan, the sheriff now, his main job seems to be hunting. Like, he's just yeah. out hunting all the time. Shouldn't he have been calling some federal department of something or other? Yeah, like wildlife or, or something. Yeah. Instead, Charlie, we've got... Charlie is, is like barely doing his job he's just barely <laughs> holding on this guy well he's bringing his like drinking buddy harry out with him and harry he says uh those bears won't get the drop on me bella my kung fu is strong and it's like basically it's just like here's a huge target i'm painting on my back i'm going to die soon <laughs> it's uh. it's like toby's last day on the force <laughs> <laughs> So this scene when uh, it's like in the rain and Jacob finally cut his hair and he's like showing off his abs and his like cut off shorts because that's I guess all you wear as a werewolf. Did it seem <laughs> like maybe they were like filmed separately and composited in like they're not really looking at each other? Yeah. Yeah, their eye lines are real weird in this mm-hmm. scene. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was thinking when I watched it. I'm like, wait, something looks weird. Maybe they were still on the fence of whether or not Taylor Lautner would be in this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
like let's not waste too much time with this one. Oh, that'd be amazing if they just like filmed her like in green screen or something. Like we'll just add the actor in. Yeah. Like he was like filmed like Bruce Lee in all his movies after he had died. <laughs> <laughs> well, he seems to blame like his own being a dick on the Cullens. She's like, why are you being such an asshole, basically? And it's just like, it's all your blood-sucking friend's fault. Like, why exactly? Yeah, he he gives her, it's it's not, it's literally, it's not you, it's me speech. Mm-hmm. And then I think he finally, like, follows up with her with the one line that might actually get her to be interested in him. When he says, I'm not good. <laughs> and she's like, oh, shit, you're not good? Tell me more. <laughs> she, like, perks up immediately, like, oh, oh, this is different. Yeah. I like this. <laughs> oh, yeah. We get the second major abandonment of Bella in this movie, and it somehow they don't really make that resonate at all, like no. thematically. No. I just feel like this whole movie is people trying to get rid of Bella, but having no luck at it. Mm-hmm. Like, like Edward tries and he can't get away. Jacob tries. Her own father tries. Well, <laughs> there's no escaping Bella. They all do it like you do, like you get rid of a pet. They like drive her out in the middle of the woods and like just <laughs> throw her, her out. <laughs> Here's a they're field. Like, Good luck. The cat came back. They yeah. all like Harry and the Hendersons her. They're like, go. <laughs> and then and then Jacob turns around like a single tear goes down his cheek. Mm-hmm. I should learn. You got to throw rocks at her. <laughs> Make her convinced you don't love her anymore. <laughs> well, then that finally, so like, better. it's like an hour into this movie and like Laurent shows up and it's like, oh, wait, hey, is there a plot happening now? So Laurent's look. <laughs> He's it's all about the bare chest. Yeah. Suit, no shirt, fingerless gloves. Like he looks like a like a model who's like like modeling like a uh, like a hobo line. Well, like in the it's, last movie, like yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> in the last movie, he seemed like he was like a, a decent guy, or he's gonna like bail on the bad guys, but now he's just back to being a bad guy. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's really weird. Uh, like why? Why did he pop up? Like why did he pop back up? Why is Victoria even in this movie? <laughs> I, <laughs> I so so you get to this this part and you're like, okay, so the movie is gonna have a plot. Like we're an hour in, feels like it should have had a plot by now, but no, now it's having a plot. And this happens, and then nothing for a while again. Well, the the werewolves show up an hour into a movie called New Moon. You finally get werewolves, <laughs> and they look really bad. Like sorry, that's just some bad CGI. Well, this is no. also six to seven months after her boyfriend's been killed. And Victoria is like, it's time for revenge. <laughs> it's like she's been preparing revenge. It's seemingly going to be a lot of stalking and then just killing. The Collins have been gone for a while. Yeah. She seems like she has no plan whatsoever. Like she could have just popped in her bedroom while she was sitting in that one chair and just like killed her. Yeah. There was yeah. ample app- opportunities. Yeah. I guess we have to take it on faith that the werewolves are really good at their jobs or something. Except they really, like, they, they acknowledge borders. Mm-hmm. Only follow her to the Canadian border. We don't just jurisdiction <laughs> past that. <laughs> I want to know if there's, like, I want, I feel like in a more interesting movie, there would be, like, weird werewolf, like, bureaucracy. Yeah, yeah. Where it'd be like, oh, sorry, we can't go there. They, they're, were, like, they're werewolf mounties in Canada. Oh, I would love to see I would love to see the stupid redneck like American Volturi of, of werewolves. And then like there's like the super polite like uh Canadian werewolves are like, <laughs> hey, you can't come across this border. That's what's that a boot, eh? Yeah. 
Sorry I, about that. I do like the Jacob werewolf who like has to like significantly look over at Bella. Like, hey, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, huh, why does that one look so familiar? And he's just like staring at her like, it's me. Also, it's me. holy fucking shit. It's a dog person who's as big as I am. Oh, fuck. <laughs> she has no reaction to this. Yeah. None mm-hmm. whatsoever. She's just like, oh, it's a giant dog. <laughs> That's cool. Like, have, like th- nothing. Just nothing. <laughs> well, like, you would have thought she would have, like, tried to test it because that would have been dangerous. Maybe she would have seen a hallucination of Edward. Hey, you big mangy <laughs> mutt. I'm going to throw rocks at you. No, then he's got to show up outside her window and do some cool parkour. Totally normal. <laughs> so much parkour in this movie. <laughs> well, like... Yeah, talk about that was what Romeo and Juliet was missing in their windowsill scene is Romeo then parkouring up to see Juliet. <laughs> also, Romeo I to be finally, wearing some cut off jeans and no shirt. Yeah, I finally see the Romeo and Juliet connection. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the most shallow possible tenuous connection you can make. Like it's oh, it's sort of a balcony scene. <laughs> this, this scene is also my favorite because he comes into her bedroom and she literally just like puts her hands all over his abs, <laughs> just like feels, feels him up. There's literally no explanation given. She just feels him up and she's like, all right, let's have a conversation now. <laughs> <laughs> now I've gotten that out of she's the way. Like, she's like the boss that like sexually harasses you. Like what, what is happening? Bella's pretty like, handsy. Yeah. I feel like it's, it's a, it's like her, one true like Spencer-ish moment, though. <laughs> yes, she's like her 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 hands are are like attracted. It's like a moth to a flame. She <laughs> just this, can't help it. Does this make you appreciate Keegan Allen, Toby, even more? Because he's basically playing Edward and Jacob at the same time. It's Whoa. true. Yeah, yeah. So Jacob admonishes Bella for the secrets that she keeps. Then he repeatedly throws in her face that he has secrets she can never know. And she's like, okay. And he's like, I have secrets, Bella. I literally can't tell you. He's, he says he's like tightly bound or something. My notes just say, <laughs> you have no idea how tight he is, Bella. <laughs> I was just like, my, my first thought was like, does Jacob have to poop? Is mm-hmm. that what's going on here? Like what? <laughs> the dialogue is so bad in some of these scenes. Side effect of being a werewolf. Well, it's like he's, he's like <laughs> magically werewolf compelled not to tell her, which... I don't know. The way they, they string that out doesn't really work so, for me. Yeah, and so they barely explain it. The top bro in your pack, you literally cannot like disobey his his verbal orders, which who oh boy. That's it, uh, they, it's like, you know, werewolves <laughs> and vampires have plenty of established like lore that you can use for mm. your plot if you need to. You don't need to start adding like extra dumb powers on top of it. Well, like I, I wanted Al Seed to show up and be like, Jacob, is your pack master like Touching you? <laughs> you need to talk. Show me where on the stuffed animal. <laughs> Is he using V? Yeah. So yeah. Well, she goes to uh, Jacob's house and just barges right in past uh, Jacob's like uh, disabled dad in the wheelchair. There, like totally <laughs> rude. I'm surprised she didn't push the wheelchair over, <laughs> over in the process. I feel like there's like a whole movie where Bella is just like just accidentally murdering people the whole the whole mm-hmm. way through. Just drives her truck into the living room rather than using the front door. <laughs> yeah. So I the one time I was like really like cheering Bella on is when she's like slaps the dude who laughs at her though. I was like, good for you. Oh yeah, when they when we see yeah. them all turn into werewolves. And then two guys have a supernatural cat fight over her. Mm-hmm. But 
but my favorite is that like Sam, who is supposedly the leader of this pack, is not even trying to intervene. He's like, you know what? I want to see how this plays out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they need this. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's like, maybe Jacob saves this annoying girl. Maybe the other guy rips it to shreds. I don't care. These two guys are just so tightly bound. Well, and then <laughs> later they go to the house and to these other guys. You like, I think one of these is Quillitary. It could be wrong, but one of them says, uh, "Oh, and check it out. We can hear each other's thoughts." It's creepy. Like, yeah. That's the uh-huh. laziest exposition ever. All of the exposition about the like the the werewolf rules is so lazy in this movie. Almost as lazy as the werewolf rules themselves. <laughs> Well, it's like you wouldn't need these extra rules if you just went with the whole werewolf thing. But no, there's like, it, I don't know why this movie's called New Moon when the moon doesn't seem to have anything to do with <laughs> werewolves at all. Well, it's like, I, I'm not even opposed to them changing like the werewolf or the vampire myths, mm-hmm. but it seems like they're not, they're, Stephanie Meyer never had any interest in putting her own spin on these supernatural like werewolves or vampires. It was all just about. The romance and that was the supernatural stuff was incidental and you can tell because the rules are so lazy <laughs> and don't make any sense well it's like they're and just there to absurd. justify plot points yeah yeah exactly which makes me wonder having read none of them like are the 50 shades of gray story is that quote-unquote saga like more pure because it's it's straight up about like using and abusing and transactional love um, but so we get to Emily with the scars on her face who's serving a shit ton of muffins. And there's a whole – and another thing about Stephanie Meyer, there's a whole domestic abuse angle here that could be touched on. It's completely glossed over. Oh, yeah. There's a there's a domestic violence metaphor that it's just there. And, and it becomes yeah, victim shaming. Like, I feel like I'm really uncomfortable with whatever is happening here hmm. specifically. Jacob – only informs Bella of whatever happened to Emily enough to say that basically it was her fault. Well, yeah, said, yeah. And like, it would be Bella's fault in the future. Out of control. Yeah. Well, well, he tells her here, don't stare. It makes Sam mad. Not it makes Emily, the, the one who's had this thing happen to her mad, but it'll make her, her boyfriend mad. Well, and, but and, later and, on, and you wouldn't want to get him mad. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, look, yeah, look, writing's on the wall. Um, but literally, like when Jacob tells her about it, he's like, he implies that like proximity is the real threat as opposed to the turning into a werewolf <laughs> and having anger control issues. But also, again, shit ton of muffins. That is a lot of muffins. Why was the wolf pack even approaching Jacob's house just to wake him up and let him know they had a shit ton of muffins? I mean, Couldn't they have psychically emailed him? They They keep it regular. <laughs> there with those muffins <laughs> those are so tightly bound that's why they're so tightly bound <laughs> they're huge muffins too like those are gigantic muffins like what if you can only poop by turning into the wolf oh that's rough you need to go write that fan fiction <laughs> <laughs> and then there's just like all this like shit on your fur afterwards yeah mm-hmm. <sighs> well then later on we we finally have bella talk to jacob about being a werewolf and she's like immediately she's like oh it's wrong it's like, what the fuck? Uh, well, also, I like that she's completely okay with the vampire thing mm-hmm. because they're sexy and they they glitter like disco balls. But like the werewolf stuff, she's like, nah. I don't. Well, want she's to, like, like, you need to stop being a werewolf. Like, it's there's some metaphors there. It's like I don't know what you what you're driving at, Stephanie Meyer. <laughs> I don't want to. Think- I, I have in my notes, baby, he was born this way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't want to defend Taylor Lautner too much, but like the werewolf physique really confounds me here because these one two these two dudes are super shrimpy. 
Like, why did Jacob Taylor like have to work out so hard for these two guys to be like scrawny as fuck and werewolves? It's a good question. It really uh, speaks to the priorities of the the filmmakers who they they were concerned about his bad acting. They're concerned that he might not have like shredded enough abs for the movie. <laughs> there are there like, some scenes when his head looks minuscule mm-hmm. compared to his body. I'm like, what is happening? Well, the, like, clearly the he bulked up. Expression too, doesn't help. Yeah, <laughs> he bulked up too fast, and his head couldn't keep up. <laughs> Well, I mean, it was Chris White's, like, showing him on a chart, like, hey, you know, it took 15 years before anyone realized that Arnold Schwarzenegger was a bad actor. They just kept looking at his muscles. This uh, guy's no Arnold. Also, are there no girl werewolves? There is. In the book, there is. I can't remember what her name was, but she was, mm. like, a bitter werewolf because <clears throat> of some something about, like – so they also have in the books, they have this thing where, like, basically the werewolves, like, imprint upon their mm-hmm. soulmate – so that makes the domestic abuse situation with the other two a mm. little bit worse. Yeah. <laughs> like, she can't get away. He's imprinted on her. Do they get to wear shirts at least? Yes. Okay. I believe so. <laughs> <laughs> it, w- it would be better if they were just, like, out there too. <laughs> but by the fourth movie, it's just like Game of Thrones. <laughs> Everyone's naked. Well, meanwhile, Charlie's out hunting. I don't know, like, does he come home every night? Do they do they just go out every day? Like he ignores his police responsibilities to just go walking around in the woods with a rifle, like he's Elmer Fudd or something. <laughs> Criminals running amok in forks. There's no there's no crime. They just hunt all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he doesn't even like get killed by Victoria. He seemingly has, like, has a heart attack because he, he was scared of her. Yeah, I, I was. I feel like I couldn't even follow that scene. Like, what is happening? Is she killing him? It looked like she killed him, and then later you learn it was a heart attack. It's like she holds him up, like she's gonna do something bad to him, and then like the wolves show up and attack, and he just kind of gets like tossed to the side or something. Well, this sequence, there's some really bad me, wire work too. Part of me like wants to like it because I feel like you got the Tommy York song on. You're doing a lot of cross editing. So it makes you think that maybe finally something's fucking happening in this movie, like an hour and 10, 20 minutes into it. But it's not. And you yeah. have her and she's presumably like we're supposed to believe she's a badass. Like the fucking Darth Maul of the Twilight Saga just showed up. But no, she's not. She just runs away. They chase her. They don't catch her. Well, she found the, uh, the Achilles heel of wolves. It's apparently water. Even though they were just cliff diving. Yeah, they're like, oh, <laughs> she's in the water. Can't go after her. Can't or is, swim. That, is there like a land jurisdiction issue there too? But like, <laughs> Wouldn't the, it be great if there were like sea werewolves? Yes. <laughs> they, have, they have like a werewolf Oh, baby. shit. That's they're merman like, territory. We can't go there. <laughs> but like the fucking vampire running blur effect is almost worse to me than like the Edward Vapor. Oh, yeah, it's bad. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Especially since we were just told that supposedly the werewolves are faster, but it's like they don't have the same Photoshop editing technique that the vampires have where they can blur in and out of existence. Well, there's this shot of uh, Jacob the werewolf when he like gets to the edge of the cliff and he's like growling like, oh, you'll, I'll get you next time, Victoria. And then it's like they really put some effort in the animation here for the, the wolf kind of like looks back and looks down. It's as though the wolf just remembered he left the iron on or something. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> I think it's I supposed like to be he senses Bella. I think that's what it is. Or that like, uh, they one guy's like even the wolf. 
is like has like Taylor Lautner's acting abilities. <laughs> what if he had to get on all fours and like do the mocap? Mocap, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I also like during this like whole fight scene that they're cutting intercutting with Bella like climbing a mountain. Like here's something that's at least close to action, mm-hmm. and here's hiking. Well, so I feel like the sequence is cut together by the editor as if something's actually fucking happening here, but it's not. It's very deceptive. I think it's supposed to be that she is nearby and about to run into Victoria, but it's so poorly edited that they don't really communicate that. Yeah. Because they they don't – these two sequences don't really line up. And then Victoria comes swimming at her like a shark. Yeah. So Bella bonks her head on a rock and passes Well, she has to go – Make it look like she's committing suicide so that she can get Edward's attention via Alice's premonitions or whatever. It's yeah. very convoluted. Oh, God. So so the trivia said that apparently what the director wanted to do in this scene was, like, to put rocks in K-Stu's, like, pockets and, mm-hmm. like, Virginia Woolfart in a oh. pool. And, like, she was like, I'm uncomfortable with this. And he was like, okay, I'll show you how easy it is. So then he got into the pool and, like, put the rocks in his pockets. And when he got to the bottom, he panicked. And he was like, oh, maybe I shouldn't drown my leading lady. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, wow, that sounds delightful. (laughs) Don't you guys have, like, stunt people? (laughs) I know. I'm sure, like, this isn't the first time you've ever filmed somebody sinking in water before. Surely somebody out there in Hollywood knows how to do that. I'm just you laughing. Would think, you would think he's like filming Titanic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, seriously. But like, I'm just laughing because when they finally got him out of the pool, I'm sure Casey was smiling, and he's like, "Why are you smiling?" And she's like, "This is your last Twilight movie. That's why I'm smiling." <laughs> <sighs> well, the moral of this movie is so fucked up. It's like basically they're saying straight faced with no critique at all. If your boyfriend dumps you, attempt suicide to get his attention, and he'll come back to you. Yeah. Jump off a cliff. Mm-hmm. It'll work. Yeah, trust me. <laughs> and and here's my big thing. How has no one like gotten Bella and been like, maybe it's time for like a therapist? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like they like Jacob straight up saw her jump off a fucking cliff, and he's like, nah, I think she's fine. Yeah. Well, it's, it's like uh, it's a phase. Charlie it's Swan. Phase. He he doesn't truck with all that new psychoanalysis. You know, he's just. It's like you got to just bear it out and, and, and deal with it like well, he, a man. He has an old school thought, uh, school of thought, which is just send her off to her mother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Jacob's totally confident to feel in this uh, CPR scene. Yeah. I like that they do a lot of scenes of like other people driving her truck for her. Yeah, a lot of people drive her truck, metaphorically speaking. <laughs> <laughs> Bella's whole problem is that not enough people are driving her truck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It would have cured Never a lot of these problems. Truck. Well, then he, he cut to Victoria out in the water, just like looking evil and sinking back down. I kind of like that shot. And it's funny because I had completely forgotten that like she had jumped in because uh, the editing in that scene is mm-hmm. really weird. So I like there is no connection in my mind between. They're chasing her towards the same body of water that Bella's trying to fake commit suicide into. Yeah, like, it's never terrible. Never once did I think, 
oh, they're like, you know, she's in danger from Victoria. I thought she's in danger from being a moron. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's terrible. Like, you should be thinking, like, oh, no, they're hurting Victoria right at Bella. And it's like, no, you don't get that at all because the editing doesn't communicate that in the slightest. Well, because the Pacific Ocean is big. Mm-hmm. They could be 50 miles away. Yeah. Uh, do we want to talk about the, the dialogue in that truck scene? Oh, God. <laughs> I, I just have written down next level friend zoning. Yeah. <laughs> when she tells him, you're like your own son. <laughs> Which, he's already what? got a bit of an ego problem. You're just making it worse. <laughs> not even not even like you're on your own moon or anything like that. The exact opposite. <laughs> Well, and he's like, he's still really angling for the romance when it's like, I don't know how many times she needs to tell you that, like, you will never fill the void of that word, you know? (laughs) She literally just jumped off a cliff Mm -hmm. because of her ex-boyfriend. But Jacob is still like, no, I feel like I got a real solid chance here. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, bro. She literally chose to throw herself to the sea (laughs) rather than date you. (sighs) And then finally, mercifully, Alice shows up and like the movie just like jumps up like a, a huge percentage just by her presence. Well, Alice picks up the torch that Anna Kendrick had to set down. And she mm-hmm. says, I have never met anyone more prone to life threatening idiocy. <laughs> well, clearly you've never been to Rosewood, Pennsylvania. <laughs> well, and then she uh, has this line or she says, uh, or what's her face? Casey says, Jacob's kind of a werewolf. And Alice is just like, "Ah, Bella, werewolves are not good company to keep. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. I'm so team Alice. Alice seems like one of the few people in this movie with a personality, which Mm -hmm. I appreciate. Well, like her own perspective. I think when we first watched this movie, I think Benji and I both thought, like, why wasn't Ashley Green playing Bella? Like, that would be an interesting take on it. Um, But that would require Bella to have a personality, too, though. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I think the the real problem isn't case isn't Kristen Stewart. The real problem is that Bella is just awful. Like yeah. she has no personality. Like Stephanie Meyer created the character without a personality, like on purpose, <laughs> because she wanted to give like girls reading it the opportunity to like put themselves into Bella's shoes. Which, I, what? Like I don't understand that at all. Like. Everybody has a personality. It's like how you design a video game character. Yeah, or something. yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like video game characters probably have more of a mm-hmm. personality than Bella does. I'm like, just thinking it sounds like a prison where, like, uh, there's no personality. I'm trapped in the shell of a character <laughs> where I would be making every decision differently. Yeah, yeah Bella is just uh, – all she wants is to get Edward back and be turned into a vampire. That's, like, her only motivation – or thought in her head, pretty much. And, and that like she's getting old. And to keep tight. <laughs> I feel like there's a version of the character who, like, wants to become a vampire, doesn't want to get old, that I would be more interested in. But Bella's shit is always so dependent on Edward that, like, you can't separate any of it. Like, it's always just about this guy. Like, she has no hobbies mm-hmm. or friends or interests or personality attributes besides clumsy and like real thirsty for Edward. Well, and then you consider how little Edward's in the movie and it's like, well, <laughs> there's not much that's going to happen in this movie, I guess. 
Well, he or gives just her, killing time. Yeah. He gives her nothing, so you can't even understand her being addicted to him. But like, what if in the Laurent scene, she was just like, hey, Laurent, you've got a look, so I know you're going to be into this. Like, turn me into a vampire, I'll fuck your brains out. Oh, they're like not even allowed to talk about sex in these movies. It seems like no. Uh, is that but is that is the metaphorically is that where the personality comes in? Does she become a human being after she becomes a vampire and married? You know, I wish I could say yes. <laughs> <laughs> I like how even after Alice shows up, Jacob still is going to angle for that one last kiss, and you know, Alice is outside, like calling Edward right now, and be like, "Dude." I'm just saying there's a, van- a werewolf here. You better come back if you care. Well, speaking of that, why the fuck is he answering her phone? Oh, I know. Yeah. What the Big fuck? Move. And then when we cut to Edward on the other end of the line, so tortured. He's just like, oh, no, I'm so I'm so sad. So he's he's in Brazil. So tortured. Mm-hmm. So green screened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? That wasn't shot on location in Rio? But like uh, – Again, the stupid, the stupid allusions to Romeo and Juliet that a simple misunderstanding mm-hmm. caused poor Edward to have to go kill himself. I like that he doesn't ask like for for more like questions. Follow up, yeah. Like no no follow up questions. Like how did she die? It's just like funeral. Click. <laughs> <laughs> it's called a jump to conclusions, Matt, because you <laughs> jump to conclusions. Yeah. Uh, and then we just, suddenly it's like, oh no, we, we need we need a third act. Like we got to rush to Italy because he's got to go to Italy to kill himself. And I don't know, it's all this like plot and exposition suddenly Did happens. They drive there? Does Bella have a passport? No, they they take Virgin Air. And there's a quick shot of the. Oh, plane. that's right, that's right. Yeah. Does she even have a passport? I guess. Maybe Jasper went with him, and he just made like the TSA agents feel really happy. <laughs> they, they let her on. Or they just saw one look at this guy, and they couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> well, he goes to ask these Volteri guys to kill him, and they're like, no. <laughs> so he's like, fine. Do it myself. Drastic, drastic measures. I'm mm-hmm. going to take my shirt off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, too sexy. Yeah. Well, Italy is just this weird, vibrant, bizarre explosion of color. This otherwise like drab movie. <laughs> so they explain that they're there during the St. Marco's Day Festival, which is why, when they celebrate the expulsion of vampires from the city. I thought they, people weren't supposed to know about vampires. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> this that's feels something. like a. There's also another plot hole that I like couldn't get over, which is so this whole thing is about like how Edward is gonna like sexy sparkle his way to to it, into suicide. Mm-hmm. But then later on, after like Bella like saves him and they go into like the like the catacombs or whatever, Alice just like saunters in, like broad daylight, no big deal. Like, what about her sexy sparkles? Yeah. Yeah, maybe that's what the scarf is for. I don't know. It, it, it none of this makes any sense. Like <laughs> an entire like, who are these people? There's like thousands of people in like red cloaks. Like that's a like the participation is really high. Like there's not just like, any random people wearing regular clothes. Oh, logistically, it looks like a whole city of A. Mm-hmm. Yeah, logistically, they speed in there. The cops stop them. Like Alice is like, run, Bella. I I will sit here and explain to this stupid like civil servant why i'm uh, speeding here i'm um, spending more time explaining this to you than i am to him i could have easily joined you and blurred my way over there before you bella then just runs she doesn't like call out to edward 
she just runs. He's about to like death by sparkle. <laughs> and then also he takes his shirt off. Weird nipple bruise. Well, he's I got thought some- the same thing. I was like, what's going on? That that looked like a like a weird waxing situation going on. <laughs> <laughs> uh he appears to be going commando too. I mean, he's got some pretty low riding pants there. Just saying. Some vamp bush. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Watching these two reunite just feels unhealthy. Well, this I- I think one of my favorite things is so like Edward is like slowly and sexily unbuttoning his shirt mm-hmm. and you cut away to like this little kid yeah. looking at him. <laughs> well, this is this whole town is celebrating something to do with vampires, but we can't let them know vampires are real. And also seemingly they like just eat the tourists down below. Like <laughs> Which is you would think that after a while never picked up that the tourists keep disappearing yeah. from this city. It's a more <laughs> interesting detail. It's a more interesting detail than literally everything else in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Well, I just like that they they didn't improve the sparkle effect from like the first movie. Like his sparkle still just looks like he spent all night dancing at a gay club. <laughs> He's like sweaty and a little bit glittery, like the glitter body paint. Oh, and he <laughs> yeah. also he also says to himself heaven as he steps out as he thinks he's in heaven because <laughs> bell is there i have to point out one of our catch that one of our listeners taryn sent an email talking about stuff in the book and the movie and muse because i guess the first book was written to muse that's why the song's in there <laughs> but she really wanted to like point out that we didn't talk about that there's an actual a sparkle sound effect no oh. <laughs> that's true there which is. makes it even more ridiculous <laughs> I feel like I feel like this is like a My Little Pony sexiness. Like yeah. this is like mm-hmm. what you would think sexy was when you were like six years old. So it, yeah, before you knew what what you know private parts were, basically. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a movie about Bella falling in love with a couple of bronies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, he, he has some <laughs> be a better movie. <laughs> more choice dialogue from Edward. He says, "I had to lie. You believe me so easily." <laughs> okay. Healthy. Still being an asshole. Like, mm-hmm. this is like the first thing he says to her. Yeah. Well, he can't pick a, his shirt back up when they're summoned. He's got the, uh, I think this is like the dude who played Colossus in the X Men movies is just standing around sneering the whole time. I kind of like that guy just because he's like just being really smug and like handing out bathrobes. Yeah. It's, it's weird though because like his, uh, Edward smiling to me is weirder than his like usual like paint O faces. <laughs> Yeah. I was like, oh, God, what is he it's, doing? It's so sleazy. It's just terrifying. Like, when he smiles, I think to myself, again, like, don't set your drink down around him. <laughs> and Kristen Stewart is doing this, like, weird blinking thing in this scene. Where oh, yeah, it's like, her, does she have something in her eye? Is she okay? Her, <laughs> Did her, she get some glitter in there? <laughs> her blink game is right up there of her scoff game. Well, oh, it's, yeah. It's like, oh, congratulations, Bella. It worked. You made him think you were killing yourself, and now he'll take you back. <laughs> but you then, but then we need that wasn't enough of like an Act Three climax. So we have like this really tacked on, like randomness with the Volteri, where they I don't know what their motivations are for anything. It's like they're fascinated by Bella, but then it's like you've seen too much, so we're gonna kill your boyfriend, but not you. Like, I don't, it makes no sense, like, that whole sequence. Their whole look is, like, their extras and, like, meatloafs, I would do anything for love, but I won't do that video. Well, and it's all this 
there's all this like I have first seen it one upsmanship going on, you know, where it's like <laughs> Edward can read minds, but then this other dude can read your whole mind, like your memory if he touches you, but then Alice can see the future. And it's like it's like there's nothing actually happening dramatically in the scene. They're all oh, just oh, kind no. of like arguing different futures. They're all just standing around, mm-hmm. t- like holding each other's hands. Like this is the dramatic climax of this movie. Mm-hmm. It's like some some dramatic hand holding. But can you imagine like reading every thought that Edward ever had? Like <laughs> the, his like all his nasty abstinence dreams. Like I would uh. just I just want Michael Sheen to like you know hold Edward's hands for a minute there, sneer a little bit, and then turn to Bella and be like, "You could do better." <laughs> Just get the fuck out of here. Like, you can do better. Does he really need to to try to use his power on Bella? Like, I think we know what she's thinking. Apparently, there's nothing, nothing in her head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's her power. Like, he's just like boops her on the nose. And it's like, you're a great big dum-dum. <laughs> <sighs> but this action is so empty and boring. I just keep thinking like, man, you're ruining all that like tile work and masonry. Yeah. Like, how are you going to fix that? This is your... Why are you having the fight here? Why don't you take it somewhere else? I just feel like Dakota Fanning has like two lines in this in this whole movie. And I found her more interesting than 95% of everyone else. Yeah, really. Like, Pain. what's her deal? <laughs> well, like you have like you have her, you have was it Cameron Bright? And you have Casey, you have all these like Chana actors. Cameron Bright, who has even less dialogue than her, than Dakota Fanning somehow. Like, I don't know. It's just it's a bad scene when like actors are told to look bored well i think one of these dudes is a young grindelwald from harry potter i think oh. it's the blonde one who like i'm not sure if he even has a line of dialogue he just has this he, he has like a jasperish quality to him in this scene like where he's just like has like a weird deer in the headlights look on his face the whole time he reminds me of like younger poor man's version of that fucking dude from the tutors who's always so creepy um oh Reese, whatever. Yeah. Jonathan the main Reese guy? Myers. Yeah, yeah. 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 That guy looks like he would seriously like lock you in a basement somewhere. Yeah. yeah. The like the vampire like tough guy henchman here, he kind of looks like Bill Compton mixed with like Cumberbatch. Like, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> yeah. He's like the only one who seems tough. And they just like break a lot of tiles and and then she's like, I'll die for him. And they're like, wow, we're so impressed by that. For some reason, like, even though like we're that, vampires. I like that, like, they're having this whole fight. And, like, Bella has no part in it besides, like, screaming. And Alice, who possibly could do something, just seems like she's like, I'm sitting this one out. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Not even attempting to get out. <laughs> they don't even put forth the notion that maybe Alice has foreseen how this will all go. Yeah. No, no. Because they, cause they probably forgot it during this moment that she has any powers. It'll come back up again when they need it. Yeah, like right after the they drag the lame people and this you know, the main characters out of this, I want the Volturi to be like, "How about we ditch the weird like Renaissance outfits, put on some spandex, and fight crime?" Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, so they're I just see, like the Volturi like go out for gelato. Yeah, like, <laughs> they're <laughs> like, having it brought in. <laughs> so I guess they're just like an old family. Like it's it's unclear about how much power they really have. Like if. Like, do, does their reach extend to America, or do they just rule this small Italian town? Yeah, there's, they so there's in the book. They're supposed to be like, 
they're kind of like the bureaucracy of the vampire world, if I remember right. That sounds but, fascinating. But none of that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I feel like I would rather read the minutes to a Volturi <laughs> meeting <laughs> where like, it's just like Michael Sheen like cackling. And watch this movie but like yeah the movie gets like puts none of that across like you don't know what their deal is are they just like some weirdos that like edward knows will like do them a do him a solid and like rip his head off or but like in the books they explain a little bit more that they're like you know they're the ones who sort of set the the vampire rules so they stuff. set the vampire agenda yeah do, do they're they the movers about- and the shakers they talk about how long you have to be their secretary before you become a vampire. No, I wish they had. They're like, like we have a, like a, a, an itemized set of rules. Like we we need like a, a human clerical intern. <laughs> well, the big moment. What I like is like when they lead her past that human intern, and they're like, "Oh, she's doing this because uh, she's you know getting some credits for school, but also because she wants to become a vampire." Kristen Stewart has like a serious moment of like Bella going, huh, so that's how I could become so, a vampire. Like if I just offered to do the Collins taxes for them, they might have turned me. We won't have to vote on it in a minute. Yeah. Well, the, the big moment, they take this weird vote and then Bella has offered up herself instead. And then Alice is like, oh, no, wait, she's going to become a vampire in the future. And so we're like, oh, well, we were going to kill you now, but all right, never mind. Yeah, I guess you can go. Like, doesn't that take all the narrative wind out of the sails, though? Like, yes. that you already know this is going to happen because Alice has seen it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, like, they were going to kill them. But now that we know in the future you become a vampire, everything's cool now. Uh, you guys can go, I guess. Wouldn't you and, just uh, kill we'll, her? We'll send you a bill for this masonry work <laughs> that we're going to need done. I would have just killed her to have been like, fuck the future. Mm-hmm. I'm Michael Sheen, bitch. Spoiler alert, this kind of stuff happens a lot in these movies and books. Like, it all, like, builds to this crescendo, and you're like, what's gonna happen? And what happens is they, like, hold each other's hands, glare at each other, and then walk away in separate directions. Jesus Christ. (laughs) It's Mm. a lot of that. So, buckle up. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay, because we get one last final vote with the Cullen family, where Jasper says, it would be nice not to want to kill you all the time. <laughs> that was my favorite. Why doesn't he like tip his hat, or, like tip his fedora or his trilby over his stupid <laughs> wig? Also, they're gonna vote on her fucking future. It, it was a very, it was a very pretty little laugh. <sighs> yeah, yeah. It's this whole movie's Bella. She wants to be turned. She gets told in Act Three that she will be turned in the future. And she asked for it to happen. They take a vote. Now Edward's mad that he got overruled. His one condition, like, marry him. Like, why even vote, though? They already they already know it's going to happen. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It's like, oh, it's the future, except it's the future. Like, your premonitions basically mean nothing because they can be changed. So. Well, so they, like, have a face-off with Jacob in the woods, of course. Why can Edward see into Jacob's head, but Alice can't see the future because of werewolves? That is such a good question. I had never considered mm-hmm. because it's a giant plot hole and they have never and there is no thought put into this mythology yeah. at all. So then we, we get the sexy reminder that there's a treaty and that if a colon bites a human, there's going to be a vampire werewolf war, which 
are there not loopholes? Like, well, like, what if we knew that, like, in Act of One of like the previous movie or something, something yeah. where like <laughs> this was looming over things <laughs> instead of like, oh, by the way, here I'm, I, I should tell you this so that this seems dramatic now. I, I don't want to throw this at you last minute or anything, but. <laughs> Yeah, then we see the werewolf Jacob gets a tear in his eye that Bella would choose Edward over him and he runs off into the woods. It's Even like it's though she's like told in. him through yeah. the whole movie. <laughs> finally sunk in. Um, and then there's this bizarre negotiation scene over how long Bella has to wait before being turned into a vampire. <laughs> Slash has sex, yeah. Five years, three years, just after graduation for Charlie. <laughs> they she does a lot of things for Charlie. A father who did not even notice that she had been gone to Italy. Yeah. For days. Can't can't master the knowledge of the length of her hair from the first one. <laughs> I think either way, whatever happens to her, Charlie's going to be okay. Yeah. He's got mm-hmm. his steaks. He's got his beer. He's got his hunting. He's got he's football got, on the TV. Like, he's, he's fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, his other hunting buddy's dead, but he'll find a new one. That guy seemed like kind of a drag anyway. Yeah. He did. But this is like the I'm I'm the exact wrong person to go to a movie where the ending cliffhanger is marry me Bella. Well, this is his one condition. And you're like, oh, what's gonna be? Marry me. And it's like, boom. They just told you who Kaiser Soze was. Like cut to black. Uh, I know. They act like it's dramatic, but she wants to be a vampire to spend eternity with him. Yeah, marriage is whatever. Why is marriage the thing that like trips her up? She's like Oh shit, that's too much commitment. Yeah. Like, what? I, I, I wish that was her situation. I wish she was like, whoa, Edward, hey, some things about Bella you gotta know. You can't lock me down. I wouldn't <laughs> it be more like it makes sense to, for it to be the other way around? Like they want to get married, but he's like, Oh, I'll only marry you on one condition. Like I I get to turn you into a vampire. Like something that that seems like being turned into a vampire is like a bigger deal than getting married. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Definitely. Since marriage is you've got some out. exciting stuff coming up in Eclipse, but. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that was Sex the movie. Celibacy. Do they, is there like a super dramatic scene of them like planning who's going to sit where at the ceremony? Oh, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> I think these movies needed like post-credit sequences or something. Oh, God. <laughs> and the post-credit sequence is like Edward opening up his dream wedding journal. <laughs> <laughs> Either, it's either that or it's just like Michael Sheen like doing the backstroke in like a pool of human blood. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> All right. So if you could make one change, just only one change to this movie, what would it be? God, that's so hard. There's so many things. I, know. I would uh, I would clearly bring in Stephen Dorff from Blade into this universe somehow. <laughs> Stephen Dorff, not Blade, but Stephen Dorff. That's right. Steven Dorf. <laughs> Strong. <laughs> Good choice. I would have the whole movie be about the Volturi instead. I feel like, like, what's their deal? I'm more interested in them. They at least seem like more closely to traditional vampires, and I've never once seen them play fucking baseball. Right. So, what yeah. is their what is their policy platform? Yeah. Yeah. Ex- exactly. What do you stand for? <laughs> So I would have Bella really go hard at seducing Carlisle while he's patching her up. I would just have her like I like I want her to embrace the self-destruction and just to have her alienate everyone and just be like, fine, like if, if Edward won't do it, you'll do it. I can see the way you look at me. And he's just like totally freaked out, you know? Well, 
Carlo, let's get real. You went around to like some hospital where like young men were dying of sickness and you started biting them all willy nilly. You'll you'll do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we can haggle about it, but it's going to happen. I mean, I feel you got to know you got to feel like Car- Carlisle's standards aren't that high. Edward is a vampire. Yeah. Yeah, true. He didn't he didn't he didn't like fact check things even, all that thoroughly before even he more made ridiculously that. Jasper is a vampire. <laughs> Carlisle held it together long enough to bite that dude. He just needed to uh, to bite Muppet-haired Frank Underwood. Yeah. Well, like, why is that the most uh, seemingly kind of, like, sexual moment in the whole movie? Is like, the way <laughs> she's kind of touching Carlisle while she's getting patched up. Like, yeah, this- that was definitely the sexiest moment in a movie where, like, most people were shirtless. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like somehow Bella exists as a character who... Sex never enters the equation for her, even though in a teen romance, it's kind of unavoidable, but somehow they avoid it. Yeah. <laughs> I I don't know much about the plot of Eclipse. I mean, I know like, uh, uh, what's her name? Victoria comes back and she's even recast. <laughs> she's so different. Um, I feel like whatever's going on in that movie could have been mashed into this one. Yeah. Just, just, I mean, like there's no plot here. I feel like there's probably just the barest of plot there. Why did it have to be two movies? I'm really curious to see how the last one had to get split into two movies. <laughs> so I'm going to forewarn you that <laughs> <laughs> the last two movies are rough. The last <laughs> one is is uh, okay. The one before that, I got out of that theater and I turned to my friend and I said, I feel like something has been done to me. <laughs> like, <laughs> I felt like I had lived an eternity during that movie. So yikes! Fun. Really poisoning the well for everyone on the whole like part one, part two, last movie. Yeah. yeah. Uh it was it was well like re- like the book doesn't have anything like it's not an interesting book to begin with. There's not there's barely enough in that book for one movie, hmm. and for some reason they felt like sure let's split it up, and that reason was ching. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like seemingly the the only kernel of something that these books have that like engage people is that it's like this kind of like gross destruct self-destructive romance and there's vampires and werewolves and yet they go in all the least interesting directions with those basic storytelling blocks yeah yeah that's basically that's (laughs) basically them the whole way through yay all right let's do power rankings uh my number 10 is jacob because he's almost a non-entity, even though he's like the lead of this movie. What about you, Morgan? My number 10 was Mike because (laughs) (laughs) he had some pretty good moments. He got (laughs) sick in a bathroom. (laughs) You know, I'm going to agree with you. Mike does have some interesting moments because somehow he's not my number 10 and Jacob actually is. (laughs) Because, God damn, I fucking hate Jacob in this movie. And this is a movie that contains characters like Edward, and I still hate Jacob more. Yeah, this should be Jacob's movie to shine, but no. I have, I have Edward at number nine because, God. <laughs> She's like, heaven. <laughs> I just realized I don't have Edward on my list at all. That's okay. <laughs> uh, my number nine is Victoria. I have wow. no reason why. <laughs> She's barely in this movie. Like, does she have a line of dialogue? I don't think she says a single fucking thing. Yeah. 
Sorry, Rachel LaFever. Yeah. What's your number Rob. nine, Morgan? My number nine was Jasper. You know? <laughs> he got to go ham. He got yeah. that one line of dialogue at the end. Solid zinger. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't get to leap over the side of the stairs, though. Mm-hmm. No. Maybe no, next but time. He, he reined in that weird thing he was doing with his eye in the first movie, yeah. which I feel like was a like was like a character building choice from him. What he needed was a bat just to be swinging around constantly. <laughs> yes, he did. Have you done your nine yet, Marco? Oh uh, yeah, Victoria. Okay, yeah, because my number eight is Jasper as well, just because of all the things you just mentioned. Because <laughs> hmm. he does not stop being hilarious to see on screen every single time. Uh, my number eight is actually Mike. Um, he's doing some, some really goofy shit of his face. That, uh, that movie date scene is perfect. And like you said, the scene with him and Jacob before Belly even shows up is, in retrospect, probably the best part of the movie. <laughs> well, it's, it's the only time Jacob has a personality. Yeah. Uh, my, my number eight was Jacob because I feel like he had a very – full character progression from bad wig to no wig. <laughs> yeah. Also there were abs. Um, I feel like that was most of his character was just abs, but you know, respect for those, uh, 20 some pounds of muscle <laughs> that poor, poor Taylor Lautner had to put yeah. on for this cinematic brilliance. Hopefully he won't it. have any tumors that need removing later <laughs> because of it. They need that line from PLO though, about, uh, uh, like, but Jacob would be the one to say, it, like, what do you think our children would look like, Bella? And she's like, we're not going to have children. He's like, they'd probably look like me with a baby with abs. <laughs> and she's like, don't, please don't date my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, he, I feel like he went real method for that roid rage scene. <laughs> <laughs> like real- maybe it was just a conversation in the script and he was like, no, I feel like it should be this way. <laughs> I need to go full tantrum. So I have Charlie Swan at number seven. I can't really say anything to justify that. I don't know. I think I just remembered that he was in the movie. So I put him there. Um, he's not doing much at all. Interestingly. These, these power rankings were hard, by the I way. They, they, they have really been hardest with this series. I actually have Charlie Swan and Harry Clearwater at number seven. Uh, I have Edward at number seven because I feel like just for his lip gloss alone, like I've got to give him. Like a, a somewhat higher ranking. Yeah. He clearly went to a Sephora between movies. <laughs> and I respect that. Of all the ways he talks down to Bella, I can just see him like showing her how to do her makeup. <laughs> uh, let's see. At number six, I have Eric, who's barely in this movie. He's in like two <laughs> scenes, but I still like that guy. So I gave him number six anyway. He cried at Romeo and Juliet. Kind of touching. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He had some real emotions there. Him, him and his girlfriend, Angela, are like secretly like the only healthy thing in this entire series. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, granted, Bella had to point out to Angela that she can be a strong, independent woman. But I feel like Angela picked up that torch and ran with it. Uh, what's your number six, Morgan? I put Rosalie as number six. I, uh, probably because I have some affection from her from the books. Because in the book, she just like straight up hates Bella. And I'm like, <laughs> I respect that as a, as a platform. <laughs> like – so do so should most people but in the movies in every scene you can just see her like giving her the stink eye like i was <laughs> i was like some of those party scenes the best part was just like looking for rosalie in the background mm. just glaring mm-hmm. i can only imagine her going method and like 
the actress who's like the actress from 13, I think, like sneaking into like Bella's like or uh, case dude's trailer, and, like taking a shit on the table or something. <laughs> like, ah, take that bitch. Um, also, her wig is even wiggier than oh, the yeah. first movie. Um, oh, there wasn't it wasn't a wig in the first movie. Oh, yeah. Well, it shows. Um, my number six is actually Catherine Hardwick because <laughs> I really missed her about halfway through this movie. Oh, man. Yeah, the first movie was just kind of like, compared to the rest of them, it just had a little something. Like, it was trying for something, and it wasn't succeeding at getting there, but it was trying. Mm -hmm. This movie is like just the laziest shit. It's so generic, yeah. There was a style to the first one. (laughs) Not a great style, but style was attempted, yeah. So number five, I have Arrow. Uh, Michael Sheen has always kind of creeped me out a little bit. I think partly just off screen, like somehow he keeps dating like all these starlets that are way younger than him, which I don't know what's going on there, but it's a little weird. But yeah, he creeps me out. The arrow at least seemed to be having fun. Isn't his character in 30 Rock's name Wesley Snipes? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but not that one. <laughs> It's like uh, Russ and what's his name? Russ and what's her name on Chums? (laughs) (laughs) Rebecca, I think. Is it Russ and Rebecca? Yeah, Russ and Rebecca. (laughs) (laughs) Um, My number five uh, is my new favorite band, Peter Facinelli and the Cullens. Nice. I mean, the Cullens, they have like essentially the same, like their two scenes could have been filmed at the exact same time. They probably were. They're in the same exact room. It's ridiculous. But if Peter Facinelli like has the only real acting and like heat in his one scene where he's patching up Bella. <sighs> uh, at number five, I put Bella because she did jump off some shit and hilariously fall into a rock. So <laughs> spect. Yeah, I've got Bella at number four. Um, I mean, she is the lead character. So you still got beat out by three other people, Bella. <laughs> Interesting. I feel like just just because she's the lead, I, I forced her a little higher. My number four is Anna Kendrick, who shines in like two scenes, three scenes, shines. Uh, yeah, my number four was Peter Fascinelli because, you know, <laughs> at least at least he was attempting some sort of chemistry with Kristen Stewart, which is more than I can say for Robert Pattinson in this movie. Yeah, yeah. Who was actually dating her. Mm. Yes. <laughs> Like, I don't know. We haven't talked about that. Could there be almost like a rebellion? Like, we, we refuse to allow our, our real lives on screen. Chemistry? Therefore, <laughs> you get no chemistry from us. You know? We got to save something from, <laughs> yeah. from, the, from the public eye. True. And when it's going to be is any any hint of sexual attraction. Isn't that Joey's thing on Friends? That if there's no chemistry on the, on the screen or on the stage, they're obviously having sex. Oh, it could be. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. So obviously, these two were just fucking up a storm off screen because they had <laughs> zero chemistry. It's almost like he's a dead body. Completely unrelated. <laughs> but what do you think would happen if one of Bella or her friends called Edward Eddie? Like, would he just lose his shit? Like, it's always Edward. I feel like he would just like stare at them and <laughs> then walk away <laughs> and cry. Yeah. Yeah, and and cry. like They would think he was doing the cool guy thing, but it would just be like his feelings were so hurt. I think he's just like sitting on the stall, like crying to himself. (laughs) I feel like that's what he does every day, like at lunchtime. (laughs) And then he writes poetry. Time for my afternoon cry. (laughs) (laughs) 
He's got it penciled in. He gets a reminder. Uh, so my number three, I had Jessica, a.k.a. Anna Kendrick, because uh, she continues to be a delight in these movies where it's amazing that she even gets the opportunity to shine at all, but somehow she still does, you know. Not even a vampire and she sparkles, Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my number three was Alice because she's one of the few people in this movie who has anything resembling a personality. And also she ran all those people over in Italy. Yeah. <laughs> As you do. That's how you fit in. Yeah. Um, are we at number three now? Yeah. Number number three is Bella because this was just really like me uh, giving credit to Case 2 because I like Case 2. Not because this is a great role that they've given her at all. <laughs> I mean, like a trooper though, every time the script called for her to scream herself awake, she did it. Uh, Uh, I'm sorry where are we at I was going to be like can you imagine uh, Kristen Stewart reading this script and getting to the part where she has to scream (laughs) and just being like these fucking movies do you think she even reads it though like till the the (laughs) night before she just shows up on set (laughs) yeah Uh, I I think of like having seen Clouds of uh, uh, Sils Maria I just wonder like do her and her assistant run these lines like walking around together and then you scream. You just lay in bed and scream. Just do a bunch of that. Kristen Stewart is like, was I in a war? Okay, so like, she lights a cigarette, takes a drag, puts it out in her arm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, number two. Uh, these uh, movies are Kristen Stewart's nom. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. I've got Carlisle in number two, uh, which is a little high considering he's hardly in the movie, but I liked what I was getting from Carlisle. I feel like he's, you... he's pulling his weight don't have to justify that <laughs> at all him and alice and i mean I, esme seems like she could be a character if she ever got like a line of dialogue i just i hang it all on the scene of esme and her and carlisle in the bedroom in the first one where they're talking about edward and it's clear that they're about to do some wrong things to each other <laughs> like i just picture them in bed like doing something with like a swing and like making fun of edward for crying yeah <laughs> Uh, um, yeah, at yeah. number two, I had Anna Kendrick. I didn't even have the name of the character. <laughs> I just put Anna Kendrick. You <laughs> She's don't have clearly to the only only person in this movie who who occasionally seems like a human being, yeah. <laughs> and that's because she got to improvise her own lines of dialogue. Yeah. <laughs> um, my number two is Michael Sheen. Um, I don't think there was even a script. I think he's just literally holding people's hands and downloading their thoughts and talking about the future and shit. And then like taking weird selfies and sending them to Kate Beckinsale. No explanation. She has no idea he's in a movie. She's just looking at him like that. All right. Let's see where we're at. My number one is Alice. I love Alice in this movie. Um, She's just so much fun. She's uh, she's like a breath of fresh air every time she's on screen. Yeah, same. Just not enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, seriously. I kept thinking from the one time I watched this that she was in this more. Or maybe I just hallucinated her like vapor style in the movie. Well, I mean, but there's I, like an hour and a half in the middle of this movie. It's just like Rain and Bella and Jacob. It's like completely forgettable. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a, a large part of this movie that is just working on on, on like motorcycles and tossing pizza to people. <laughs> well, totally meta. Here's a character who can see the future. 
And she literally has said to Bella, I'm not going to watch the parts of this movie that feature the werewolves. Because <laughs> that's how unimportant it is. She's like, I'm out of here. Also, I'll be back later. I forgot to mention, when she shows up, she's like, what's that wet dog smell? And Bella <laughs> says, probably me. <laughs> <laughs> Bella really has some serious self-esteem issues. Yeah. <laughs> All right, what's your guys' number one? Oh, uh, nice. At number one, I had a uh, I had Michael Sheen okay. because because he was the only one who was like, "Fuck it, I'm just gonna chew all the scenery, and I'm just gonna wear this weird vampire shit." Yeah, this character's name is Arrow. A R O. Arrow. Of course it is. <laughs> I would like to think that that's not a wig. He just grew his hair out for this. <laughs> well, didn't he play like kind of the same? He he wore those robes everywhere. <laughs> He played like kind of the same character in the Underworld movies, did he? He was not? a he was a werewolf. Was he a werewolf? In now he's okay. gone to the other side of the aisle. Yeah. Mm. Uh oh. All right. Well, and you had Alice Marco, is that right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, that is New Moon. I think we covered it. Um, wow, I can't believe they get worse. That's disheartening. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's saying a lot. Considering we just talked for over two hours about this fucking movie. Oh God! Like, is our is our Breaking Dawn Part Two podcast going to be four hours long? Oh, God. I don't know. Oh God, I'm I'm so sorry about that. Uh, to be fair, Breaking Dawn Part Two is moderately better than Breaking Dawn Part One, <laughs> which is just oh my God, it's just heinous. Isn't like the climax of that movie just them breaking the bed? Like in their their honeymoon sex, I think it is. I think it is. <laughs> that's the, that's <laughs> the kind of movies these are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us, Morgan. That was a lot of fun. And, of course. Uh, thanks for having me. We'll be back next time where Chris White's won't be directing. At least I'm hoping that makes it better. I guess we'll we'll wait and find out though. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we'll catch you guys later. Bye bye. <laughs>